Dear Young Demigod, if you are reading this book, I can only apologize. Your life is about to get much more dangerous. By now, you have probably realized that you are not a mortal. This book is meant to serve as an inside look at the world of demigods that no regular human child would be allowed to see. As senior scribe of Camp Half-Blood, I hope the top secret information within will give you some tips and insights that may keep you alive in your training. <laughs> Welcome to 4600 with that flourish. Uh, <laughs> this is a podcast for two friends, me, Quinn, and me, Natalie. <laughs> Read books by Rick Riordan. Today we are discussing the Demigod Files, and we have a special guest joining us. Are you excited? <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. Fran from the Best Damn Camp Podcast. Yeah. Uh, yes. Thank you for remembering my name this time of my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she only remembered it because I wrote it out in the notes. <laughs> it might have been the only thing I read. <laughs> I had to make sure I got it right. Don't worry, I forget what my podcast name is half the time as well. When I've been like guessing a lot of things, and people say, "Okay, tell everyone why they can find your podcast." I'm like, "Why can they find my podcast?" <laughs> That's why you make it easy. Two words. Yeah. Floor 600. Ta-da. But I love the name of your ca- your podcast because it is, it's funny. It's just, I need to like read it like three more times. <laughs> the dyslexic person made a title hard for the other dyslexic person to remember. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we do. <laughs> difficult for ourselves and for others because I forgot I can't swear on this podcast because the system. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Fran, yeah. before we do anything else, I need you to do something for us. Okay. <laughs> I need you to say the name Owen. Owen. Say it again. Owen. <laughs> it sounds the same. It is the same. I was listening to that episode the whole time. And I'm like, why, why are they confused? It's the same. <laughs> and in case you can't tell people, Fran is from England yeah so she has an English accent yeah I'm not putting this on like unlike Gwen and Natalie do sometimes this is my real accent (laughs) yeah we felt so bad about um our horrible accents we invited an English person to come on and uh, do it for us (laughs) I'm bringing the tea because you guys throw it into the Boston Harbor (laughs) That's the only bit yeah. of American history I fully know. <laughs> <laughs> because that is an insult to tea. I can't believe you guys did that. Well, you yes, know, yeah. you were insulting us with taxes, so. That's, that's fair. We kind no of taxation without representation. <laughs> that's the only thing I know. Don't worry, we really <laughs> to do it ourselves. <laughs> well, if you're my brother, then taxation is theft. So, <laughs> well, fun. Uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, um, welcome to Floor 600, Fran. We're happy that you agreed to come on this crazy show of ours. Yes, no, I'm glad to be on here. I I know that I used to bother you guys when you passed on Instagram to ask if I could come on the show, but you finally gave in, so it's worth <laughs> bothering people, so... 
I don't think Quinn was bothered by it. <laughs> no, I don't think I was. I was just like, ooh, someone's talking to me. Hello. <laughs> and many momentarily, I saw both your faces like, did we used to communicate on Instagram? I don't remember this. <laughs> well, no, I was more confused because my mom randomly walked in. <laughs> your mother walked into her own room. It's not random. <laughs> well, I closed the door and gave a warning. <laughs> Hey, just a warning, I'm going to be sitting in your room for the next two hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think that's random, regardless. No? No. Well, context information, it was um, <laughs> released in 2009, uh, so after last Olympian, right? Yeah, sure. Yes? I'm, yes? I don't remember. I, I will Google. <laughs> last Olympian book i sh i knew i should have grabbed that book it was right next to my other stack of books i yeah, only 2009, have 2009 15 same, books. Year. same year then okay cool. so, so i wonder if it came out like a month before last olympian or did it come out after last olympian let me google this is february <laughs> first, first edition february 2009 Oh, this came out before Last Olympian, then. Because Last Olympian yeah. was Yeah, okay. That makes sense, though, because the stories in this are, like, most of them yeah. are between Battle of Labyrinth and The Last Olympian. <laughs> Don't sorry, Wait, you want to actually right. read this letter? Let's read this letter. Very young demigod. Demigod. No, just, like, talk oh. about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> okay, I was like, you want me to read two whole pages? <laughs> Yeah, so, anyway, we're here to do this thing that we should probably do. Um, yes, the first thing in this cool book is called, I feel so, like, out of it because we haven't actually done a text in, like, a month and a half, and it's weirding me out. Anyway, um, it's called Letter from Camp Half-Blood. Yeah. <laughs> And I love this because I always forget that Rick is considered the camp scribe and he's just like put that title upon like put it that title on himself. It's great. I love it. He appointed himself <laughs> senior scribe of Camp Half Blood. Yeah. It's pretty great. And then I just always love it when there's a warning in a book. That is true. He does do a lot in this considering that it's it's a short book with like mini stories and stuff. He's really kind of gone yeah. into the sort of the first book, The Lightning Thief, sort of feel of, you know, you're probably in danger if you're reading this. Have fun! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cute. It is very, like, Lightning Thiefy with the whole, like, you might want to go away now. Stop reading this. Yeah. Just go back to your normal life. But it's funny <laughs> because it's like, it's just an introduction to the book, but it's cute. But mm. it's like, um, like warning the young demigod, aka you, aka us, not to share this information with any non-demigods because Clarice is going to come after them with her spear. And I'm like, well, maybe you shouldn't have published it and sold it in Barnes and Noble then. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Just it's saying. like those Greek gods in um Greek heroes books and stuff, and he's just like, oh, I've been told to kind of give some information like from Percy's perspective. And then it's being sold to a publisher. 
and he has to act like it's not true. But then, yeah, yeah, no, it it is. Yeah. Anyway, we're off topic already. Stolen chariot. (laughs) Wait, I like how the letter is signed by Rick Riordan and he like drew a little lightning bolt next to his name. That was cute. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So is Rick a demigod? I don't know, Quinn. What do you think? I don't know. Is he just like a scribe who's just like, hey, here it is? Maybe but if you put the lightning bolt, is he a child of child of Zeus? He could be an immortal. So someone like one of the muses, possibly, like he's a stand-in for one of the muses. Well, not the muses because they were all women, but it's something similar to that godwise. Like he's actually a godly being himself who just comes to the camp to write down the history. I really like that. I feel like that'd be something he would do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to be a demigod. I want to be a god. (laughs) I always thought he was like a clear-sighted mortal. Oh. You may be right. (laughs) What? You may be right, I said, and I was disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Story of my life. (laughs) So true. All right, the first short story in this lovely lovely little book we got going here is uh, Percy Jackson and the Stolen, Stolen Chariot. It starts on page three. <gasps> three? I was in fifth grade. No, it's page five. When I heard these noises outside. Oh, whatever. The title <laughs> page is on page three, and then the story starts on page five. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, uh, Percy Jackson is in fifth period science class when he hears birds screeching outside the classroom window. He goes yes. to look out the window. And who does he see out there? But Clarice being attacked. My girl! <laughs> yes. <laughs> the story she always needed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how, like, I was so excited when I saw <laughs> This is going to be a Clarice-based story. I was like, oh my god, we're going to get so much. Like, yes, yes, Clarice. We're going to, like, yeah. Like, mm, I'm pumped. All right, talk. I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> I was going to say, breathe a little. Else it's fine. <laughs> In and out. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I, okay, I actually really enjoyed this story. But, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> it still didn't make up for uh, the lack of the last Olympian Clarice. It d- okay, no. did it a teeny tiny bit, but not mm. enough. She just needs to be in it more, <laughs> just as a whole. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If this story was like in the actual main series somewhere, I think, or, or something similar to this with like her involvement with a journey with Percy, it definitely would have improved her characterization in general considering so much more that we get of her character in this especially if we compare it to like sea of monsters when she's with them on uh, on the boat journey if we compare that with this and how like she's more nervous she's anxious about everything she's afraid of failing and stuff like that if we saw more of that in the book everyone would love her but everyone hated me when i talk about loving her and (laughs) not fair Which doesn't make sense because Quinn talks about loving Clarice literally every time her name comes up. And you were like, oh, she was done dirty and everybody's like, 
this happened what are you talking about you're a liar i'm talking (laughs) facts people yeah you're you're speaking the truth clarice was done dirty like (laughs) yeah oh my gosh people just Uh, weren't ready to hear I mean, I, I, I have a lot of controversial opinions that people do not <laughs> This is not my first rodeo. <laughs> True. <laughs> Those hot takes on TikTok. Oh um, my god, yeah. <laughs> I had to stop though because I was like, I'm kind of scared now. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you just had like a nervous laugh right there. You're like... <laughs> Oh yeah, I have a lot of those. But whenever I post them, I have a, like a nervous laugh straight after, and I'm like, "Oh dear, no, this is a bad idea." Too late now. <laughs> I was gonna say the fact that you keep making them means that you must not mind too much that people attack you. But then you said you stopped doing it because people are attacking you. So never mind. Yeah, I mean, it was also because I was like, TikTok, it's it's cool, but I have other things I should be doing in my life. <laughs> I was spending too much time on it, so I was like, I should probably stop for the meantime. It's hilarious. <clears throat> so Percy sees Clarice down the alley next to his school, um, and she's being attacked by these birds. And there's like feathers sticking out of her clothes. She's bleeding. They're making fun sounds like scrap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, Percy- what other sounds? What sounds? Hold on. <laughs> I can I can make the sounds for you if you like. Yes. Scratch! Ow! Screech! <laughs> Wait, what's the last one? I dropped my book again. <laughs> the last one is hiya! <laughs> that's cool. No, that's not the birds. Oh, that's true. How <laughs> we know of hiya. I'm, oh my yeah. god, I kind of want a bird to have said hiya now. I know, that would be great. <laughs> we could treat a crow. <laughs> you could, actually. Crows are extremely intelligent. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Random side knowledge. <laughs> First he tells his teacher, Mrs. White. I, why are this, like, all of his teachers in this? Wait, is it Such weird name? names. Yeah, they always have extremely strange names. Like, what was the uh what dr thorne yeah dr. Right? Thorne, there's another one in this book as well i think it's the last story called mr board and he says i'm not kidding that's his real name they always have strange names i i always wonder if it's like because sometimes rick says that like he takes takes the names from like students that he knows or former teachers that he knows or he knew and so i wonder if there was actually a teacher named dr boring because that would be amazing <laughs> i would have never gone into teaching with that name just, no. just for the no. fear <laughs> no you wouldn't change it i don't why would you do that i just go like dr bow <laughs> that Pete. works so Basically, Percy and Clarice fed the birds away, and Clarice tells her, no, Clarice tells Percy that her brothers are playing a prank on her, and she's participating in some kind of weird test from the worst god ever, Ares. Basically, she has to take out the war chariot and bring it back by sundown. I don't know why that's a test, but, um, Phobos and Deimos, her immortal 
godly brothers have stolen it from her because it's annoyed that a girl gets to take out the chariot. Boo. Don't they say that it's not the first time a girl has done it, but it's very rare? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that happens too. Which is weird. I don't... But why are there hardly any female children of Ares? That seems really odd. Considering that you know, Ares created the Amazons with Artemis. Like, you think he'd be in favor yeah. of women. <laughs> I don't think it's that he has fewer female children. I think he just doesn't allow the female children to take the chariot. Which is still dumb. Or maybe he yeah. just doesn't <laughs> encourage his female tr- children to mm. kill. I mean, no, he's kind of a piece of trash anyway, so are you surprised? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the whole thing. I just, I never understood why, like, first book, I get why he's trash, because he's being manipulated into being a bad guy in that book. The rest of it, I'm just like, myth- mythology-wise, it doesn't really make sense, because he's been predominantly in favour of female warriors in most of mythology, like the Amazons and... Uh, I can't think of any other ones. <laughs> any, that's the only ones I can think of. But like, he's predominantly been in favor of like female warriors and women being at, in war in general. So I always find it really weird that, that was suddenly not a thing in in Rick's books, and he was a sexist for reasons. Yeah. I wonder if it has something to do with, because it's like a lot of culturally things have changed since ancient greek times so maybe mm. uh aries and the other gods have picked up some of those cultural biases along the way mm. i suppose that could possibly make sense i think in that sense it would also be like some of the other gods like poseidon would need to be a bit sexist as well in terms of like how in like the oh, navy and military would work in terms of like on the sea because that mm-hmm. most women don't work um out at sea at certain levels at least that would possibly be a thing. <laughs> I mean, I don't like the ocean, so I'm I'm good. <laughs> I'm good to I was not. Thinking of being stuck on a submarine with like thirty men for like two years. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> well, it's not like we see like, a lot of interaction ever... between Poseidon and a lot of women. What? We don't get a lot of interaction between Poseidon and a lot of women, do mm. we? Other than Sally, I don't think we do, actually. Yeah. Oh, Poseidon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, my in my mind, I was still hearing Aries. So when you said Sally, I was oh. like, when did Aries talk to Sally? No, but, I mean, do we even ever get a name of any of the other Aries children at all, period, in the whole thing? I think we get maybe one other of like one of the people. One today, or one in this book. I think we may do actually. Maybe. I didn't write any names. Like... I, don't know. I don't know. It's mm. like when she's saying like I was sent by my brother. Like it's like it's something about my brothers, and he's Percy says like Josh or oh. something like that. <laughs> Sher- which brothers? Sherman, Mark. No, she said. Oh so yeah. And I never heard her. My immortal brothers follow Sandimos. So his, oh, her... we, got more, we got more teacher names: Mrs. White and Mr. Bell. Oh, there we go. Those are slightly more realistic names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
I like the name Sherman and Mark. I feel like those are very Child of Aries names, you know? Like, they're very war-based to me. Like, Sherman Tanks, Mark, I don't know. Like... Mark Anthony. I like <laughs> Mark Anthony, there you go. <laughs> I wasn't thinking That's someone that. in history, isn't it? Like a gun range, but yeah. I said, I'm like, is that actually someone from history? Yeah, Roman politician. Oh, no, he's a politician. <laughs> that doesn't work that much, no, does it? it? No, he didn't. He wasn't he a general and like Cleopatra or something like that. Quinn, you're the history person here. <laughs> I rely on <laughs> all the history. It's like ancient history, though, and I only do <laughs> some that. I'm gonna look um, it up. I only do a podcast about that. <laughs> oh yeah, he was a general. You are thinking the right right one. So he was a politician and a general. So he was a there we are. He was into bloody war on two different sides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Phobos and Deimos are awful, just like Ares. Um, yeah. And it's cute because Percy and Clarice just like sit down on a bench, and they're like talking about Phobos and Deimos, and then Phobos sh- shows up and like starts wreaking havoc, and he's like taunting Percy and Clarice, and he makes Clarice see, like, bad things with his fireball eyes. Um, and not, like, the nice Hestia warmth fireball eyes, like, the rage fireball eyes. And <laughs> Percy's like, what's going on here? And Phobos mm-hmm. is like, I'm making her see her fears! But then he looks at Percy and he's like, what, are, what do you fear? Blah, blah, blah. And Percy's like, get out of here! loser and Phobos is like I'll find out your fears eventually bye that's really like the sassy snap that came with that just like <laughs> I'm out <laughs> my work is done she is terrified <laughs> terrified my little sister check <laughs> now to go get some food and then I'll be back for round two yeah. <laughs> so Clarice and Percy hop on the subway, and Clarice explains who Phobos and Deimos are. So basically, they're minor gods, and Phobos is fear, while Deimos is terror. And Percy asks what the difference is, and she says Deimos is bigger, uglier, like freaks out whole crowds. He's like this big, massive, scary thing, while Phobos is more personal and like gets in your mind and makes you see like your own fears, what you're afraid of. And apparently he's really proud that the word phobia comes from his name, which I think is kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) That you'd be proud that this is your legacy? Hurrah. I scare everyone. (laughs) The moment the word is invented, it's like, huh? That's me. (laughs) That's amazing. And they're just bragging about it for the next thousands of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you got a phobia? <laughs> I did that. <laughs> yes. Like, I got all of <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, Phobos says something, like, right before he disappears about, like, the little animals. Like, if they want to find the chariot, they have to find the little animals. So, they take the subway to the ferry towards Staten Island. So while they're on the ferry, Dimos calls this big sea serpent and they have to fight it and it butts into the ferry and the 
people are screaming in the sad face while Percy hurts the serpent. It flies away, flies, swims away. Uh, That'd be even more terrifying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rises out of the water. Woo. Um, Dimos gets tackled by Clarice, etc., etc. Whatever, it's a fight. They reach Staten Island. <laughs> And well, no, they fight, and then Diamos runs away because Clarice, like, is about to overpower him, and he chickens out. Yeah. And then Percy, then, like, I don't know, like, gives per- Clarice a piggyback ride to Staten Island because teamwork makes the dream work forever. Waterboy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love how every story conveniently positions Percy around water. <laughs> so when he needs to save the day he's just like hold on i'll carry this wave to carry us over there oh my gosh that's so true i think that's something that always someone posted about it somewhere so have you both i know natalie you've seen avatar Quinn, have you seen avatar by any chance yes okay yeah. um with it uh someone mentioned basically they don't understand why percy doesn't carry like a, a water pouch like katara does to have water with him everywhere he goes yeah, and I'm like, i think i saw that and it's such um, a point. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if it heals him, I take it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Just bring some salt water. It's not that hard. <laughs> you would think Annabeth would think of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that was in the post as well, actually. Was someone yeah. like, Annabeth is so smart. What? And she should have thought of it. Why is she so dumb at being smart? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a theme in these books. They are all very smart people, but they're all very, very dumb. <laughs> I mean, Annabeth always has her Yankees hat, and Percy always has Riptide. It would be just as simple to have like a flask in his pocket yeah. of water. Yeah. yeah. See what. <sighs> so they had to wander around Staten Island a little bit, and I have no idea if any. I know nothing whatsoever about Staten Island, so sorry, yeah. Staten Island people. Don't worry, I'm but- British. I don't know anything either. <laughs> <laughs> so they um, wander around Staten Island before they find the zoo. And in the zoo, they find the war chariot, and uh, Phobos and Dimos have cam- uh, camouflaged it as an official zoo vehicle by writing official zoo vehicle on a piece of paper and taping it to the horse. Very official. But it works. That's the it thing. <laughs> I just thought about how irritating that tape must be on a horse. I don't know. Would it just be like a fly to a horse? Or do you think it would bother them? Well, we see later that those horses can turn into motorcycles. So I don't think the horses mind all that much. <laughs> as long as they like the person that's applying the tape. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of liking the horses liking people... Percy tries to speak to one of them, but it just calls him some bad names, and he's like, fine. And then Phobos and Daimo show up again, of course. They have this big battle, and Percy lures Phobos into the aquarium, where Phobos shows him his worst fear, which is what we now recognize as losing the Battle of Manhattan um, mm. and failing his friends. But using the power of the fish, Percy breaks himself out of this illusion and stabs Fomos and then physically grabs him and slams him against the water fountain and he's like you will leave now you will leave us alone and you will uh stop being a jerkwad and Fobos is like 
fine, I hate you. I'm gonna get you eventually. And leaves. And then... <laughs> oh, but yeah, I forgot about the motorcycle thing. Phobos turns a chariot into a motorcycle and rides it into the aquarium. Yeah. That happens. Also a tank. Tank, yeah. That Percy somehow recognizes from his... Whatever. I think he said from Paul or something. I really oh, love... Yeah. Like, I love Percy's random bursts of knowledge. It's just like, wh- wh- why do you know this? You don't know what, you don't know what this clearly yeah. obvious thing that you should know since you live in a world of Greek mythology. But you know, but you know the name of this tank? Yeah, he recognizes a World War II panzer from a research report he had to do for history class. But every, like, god, new god that comes up, he's like, who's that? <laughs> I mean, I love that. It's so realistic as well. It's like, you know, useless bits of random information that need no purpose in life. But the most important thing, nothing. Imagine if he's learned all of it and he's just, he is, when it comes to the most important bit where he meets him, he's like, oh, I read about you. What is your name? Just like directly to the person. I feel like he's saying that in his head. Just like, I read a book. Annabeth gave me a book about you. But I didn't care enough to remember. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see that. Like, him just do that to the face of some god that he's meeting. Like, I know you. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I can figure it out. Don't tell me. Annabeth, don't give me any hints. Annabeth, don't. Annabeth, one. (laughs) One hint, Annabeth. And the god has, like, his sword, like, in the air. Like yeah, and he's sort of like lowering it and like disheartening. Like <laughs> they don't remember me in the mortal world. <laughs> It'd be a good distraction technique. If like, hold on, I don't want to offend you, mate. I'm just, just give me a second here, and I'll get it, and then we can, we can, we can start again. I just, I just want to make sure I've got your name right. And so it comes off <laughs> as like a respectful thing, but really, it's just Annabeth going to stab this guy in the back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a good tactic. Yeah. <laughs> Kill them with politeness. <laughs> yeah. So, um, once Phobos is gone, Percy runs out of the aquarium and he finds Dymos standing over Clarice um, in the guise of Ares. So he's like disguised himself as Ares, and like that's what Clarice is like truly believing is happening. And he's like shouting horrible things at her, like how she's a failure and all these awful things that aren't even true because Aries is just a jerk um and Percy's like shake it off Clarice shake it off and she's like I can't it's Aries and he's like no it's not and then she like manages to break out of it and stabs Dimos and he like flashes his true godly form and disappears because he's a big coward he gets stabbed one time in the foot or something or in the leg or whatever it was and he's like all right I can't fight these little demigods anymore even though I'm literally the god of terror. <laughs> oh gosh, that was such a good moment as well. Just the two of them working, working together. Like Percy, not even trying to get involved and actually fix the fight for her, but giving her the motivation and belief in herself to do it herself yeah. and yeah. fight the guy. Yeah. And I love that it had to be uh, it had to be Clarice to stand up to her own fear. Wait, mm-hmm. That's the only way they could defeat him. I just love this. Yeah, because she's like, hold, hold on. 
I wanted to charge in and fight Daimos, but somehow I knew it wouldn't help. Clarice had to do it. This was her worst fear. She had to overcome it for herself. It's like, oh, so good. Mm. Why can't so we good. have had this in the main series? I know. Oh. Oh. So she and he was like, no, this is going to be shown to a side book that most people aren't going to read. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such a shame. And oh, I just love this series so much. Or, or not this series, but whatever, this story. I just love it so much because like we get so much more of Clarice. And like, why? Why is it okay? Like, why? Or like, I didn't even, not okay. What's, why? Why does no one address the fact that her worst fear is her father? Yeah. <laughs> why, why can't we just have a moment to be like, Percy was just like, hey, by the way, Clarice, I noticed that you're really terrified of your dad. You want to talk about mm. that? <laughs> Wait, yeah. think we can learn yeah. that? It's so why sad that you- Clarice is like, she has all, all of these very like relatable and like hard to deal with issues issues sounds mean but you know what i mean but she's just so peripheral the whole time except for in sea monsters when she just like we actually learn more about her but other than that she's just like this mean side character and it's like well she's that way because of this but then it's not ever like nobody's ever like oh this is bad Except for mm. Percy in his head. And even that's kind of brief as well. Like, he sees it happen with Ares raising, like, his hand to Clarice. And, like, he has a moment of, like, oh, God. But then it's never mentioned again. Like, it's never brought yeah. up again throughout yeah. the whole series. Except for in this short story where he remembers that sort of moment, sort of, and kind of knows about that relationship. But it's never touched on it. It's like the whole Neville moment with the Boggart being Snape being his worst fear. And that's never yeah. touched on. Like, if a teacher being his worst fear is horrific, get rid of the teacher. <laughs> it's the same thing yeah. here, but it's just not touched on, which I think is just disappointing. Yeah, it's so. St- you know what? I could go on about how much I hate Snape and how much I hate that whole situation in those books that are written by nobody. Um... <laughs> Facts. <laughs> but yeah. It is like that. It's like, oh, people just accept that this is a thing instead of trying to help. Boo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, yes, he's a god, but that doesn't mean that he should not be held responsible for the way that he's cheating his children. And this Mm -hmm. just further cements the theory that Chiron is terrible at his job. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. We need group therapy. We need like an actual therapist at camp. Yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, something. Not a glorified horse. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! That felt really mean. Yeah. <laughs> Can't help it. Can't attack what he is. Can't attack how he is. He Just needs. Kidding. He needs. A training in child psychology. That's what he needs. Yeah. He needs to go back to school. There we go. There we yeah. go. He needs some education. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So basically, after they're done fighting, uh, they take the war chariot straight across the New York Harbor, thanks to Waterboy. Um, and then they reach Pier 86, where apparently they have 
docked the USS Intrepid, which is a big old U.S. naval ship that's been made into Ares's temple. And they parked the chariot, and Clarice is like, Percy, don't tell anyone about what I saw, what you saw, what my fears are, because I have an unhealthy um, habit of shoving down everything I feel and a really unhealthy desire to please my abusive father. So just don't tell anyone instead of, like, you know, helping. Um, so he's like, sure, I won't tell because, you know, they're children. And she's like, also won't say thank you to him, even though if he hadn't shown she up. she says thank you in her own way. You know, that's not good enough. Say the <laughs> words thank you. Or I'm not thinking that you said thank you because you didn't. Wait, did she try to? And then Percy said, don't worry about it. She can't even say the words, thank you. What is wrong with this girl? She needs help. She says, she lowered her eyes. I, uh, I guess I should say, the words seemed to stick in her throat. I wasn't sure Clarice had ever said thank you in her life. Don't mention it, I said to her. Yeah, so he doesn't let her finish. So maybe she was going to say it. It was just going to take a couple of minutes. (laughs) He took well, her power away from her. <laughs> With such Clarice apologist. <laughs> she couldn't. I, you know what, you two? This is a great decision. <laughs> Just double team this. Versus Natalie. Clarice wins. <laughs> you know what? All I'm saying is she does not say the words thank you. She doesn't say it. Which means it didn't happen. Which means he doesn't... No. Nope. Nope. If I were him, I would have just stood there until she said it. <laughs> oh, good thing you're not Percy Jackson, then. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> you can't. You have to say thank you. You have to say please. You have to say you're welcome. And you have to say I'm sorry. You have to say the words. You can't just assume that that's how people... That people get what you're feeling. Because... People are mind readers. I guess we could technically point out that um Well I know I forgot what example I was gonna give. <laughs> I was gonna give her a bottle. <laughs> I couldn't think of what it was. I was like, oh I have a really good one. And as soon as I went to start it, I was like, oh no, it's gone. <laughs> we will circle back when it comes back. Yes. Yeah, wait, when thank you comes back again. But but Percy doesn't end it with the like don't mention it. You don't have to thank me because I'm a good friend to my friends. And Who Clarice never thinks is of again. like, am I a friend? And Percy's like, of course you're a friend. And Clarice burst into tears. At least no, in my mind. doesn't. <laughs> it says, Percy, yeah, when you uh, had that vision about your friends, you were one of them, I promised. Just don't tell anybody, okay? Or I'd have to kill you. A faint smile flickered across her face. See you later. See you. They're best friends. What? Hi, <laughs> <Aye>, hi. <laughs> okay, I'm not this bad, I swear. Quinn's <laughs> <laughs> just doing it for the show. She's doing it for the drama. <laughs> um, yeah, but that happens and Percy says, Yeah, you're my friend, Clarice, I guess and then goes home and that's the end of the story because <laughs> it's a short story yay it's a short story it's a good story i love that story are you that ready for story. bring on the monsters for that yeah. short story stolen chariot 
Yes. Yeah. Bring on the monsters. All right. All right. So we're starting with the Birds of Aries, also nice. known as, give me a second here, or Ornithesis Arioe. Sure. Ornithesis Arioe. The Birds of Aries were a flock of arrow feathered birds. So that's why Ar- Ar- Clarice was like, with arrows. Getting stabbed. Yeah, with feathers. Um, and their job was to guard the Amazonian shrine of the god of Ares on the island of Dia in the Black Sea. The birds were co- encountered by the Argonauts um, during their quest for the Golden Fleece. Of course, we all know about that. Um, and, but they were like on their way to get the fleece, and then they like passed by, and they were, but they were warned before they passed by, like, hey, there's some birds with some crazy feathers, so beware. So when they passed by, they just put up their shields and went, cool, 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 and went on by. <laughs> it was fine. Uh, <laughs> then the birds of Aries are also sometimes confused or muddled or put into the same like family uh as the stymphalian birds who we know from what is it sea of monsters the ones that are destroyed by dean martin music (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah those are the ones where hercules had to make like a great racket with a short sword and shield or whatever yeah he like banged on a bell gotcha that's pretty um are you yeah yeah okay are you ready for oh my gods oh Oh my gods yes okay so demios and phoebo phobos phobos phoebo whatever uh, <laughs> uh, they were the twins of love and war oh my goodness conflicting gods had babies um, Demos, uh, D- Demos, uh, represented tarot, terror and dread and Phobos, fear and panic. When they're, when with their fathers, Ares, they accompanied oh. him into battle, driving his chariot. Oh, how wonderful. Look at them ride. Um, and f- spreading fear and terror in their, his wake. Uh, his, as sons of Aphrodite, so like when they're with her, uh, they were more, they represented fear and loss. So isn't that so nice? <laughs> um, Abby has fear, there's, there is fear in both love and war. Boom, baby. It got deep. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in classical art. So if you look at the notes, you'll see a beautiful photo. Uh, that is Demios. Uh, so in classical art, they were normally depicted as unremarkable youths. Or wait, yeah. But sometimes Phobos, who's depicted in this weird little picture I have right here, uh, got the head of the lion uh, or leonine features. So like super crazy, like yellow hair and like intense eyes that looks like he's got some serious eye sh- eyeliner going. Um, nice. Yeah. I like that better than um, him. Well, I guess that's why he shows up in the story. It's just like a teenage kid with like sneakers and torn jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, normally they're depicted as unremarkable. Sort of just like, meh, they could be anybody. That's what makes them so scary. 
Oh, I see. <laughs> um, ooh, also, fun fact, because the first thing that happened when I looked up Phobos and Deimos is they're moons. So, so Phobos and Deimos are both happen to be moons of Mars. Mars happening to be the Aries equivalent. So coincidence? I don't think so. So, <laughs> um, and Phobos is doomed. So don't get too attached uh, to that tiny little moon. Uh, he it, it, Phobos is spiraling inwards towards Mars at its at 1.8 centimeters a year, which means in a mere 50 million years, Phobos will either collide into Mars, uh, or it will be torn into rubble, scattered as a ring around Mars, more in line with what Aphrodite would want, finally putting a ring on Mars. <laughs> and you got that information from the nasa.gov website i did nice. nasa thank you nice. um yeah uh, then also, in 2016, a low-cost Mars orbiter mission called Padme, Phobos and Demonos, and Mars Environment, that was, like, the, uh, the whatever, the, like, it was P as in Phobos and Demonos, P-A-D. Oh, the acronym. Yeah, yeah the acronym, yeah. Um, that's the word. <laughs> the acronym was Padme, uh, was proposed uh, to visit the moon. Uh, it, but they, it was canceled, which honestly I'm okay with because no one needs some prequels in the space. Star Wars prequels have no need to be a name <laughs> of a freaking probe. <laughs> I mean, I thought that the moment you said Padme, I was like, why would someone name a space thing after Padme? <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly why and yes it does have like a deeper meaning once you go into the whatever acronym but someone just tried way too hard to spell out something sp star wars related <laughs> <laughs> well stars wars they are having star force i guess that's a thing that's happening in america isn't it space force space force that's it yeah don't disrespect our new uh, branch of the military. <laughs> Don't worry, I knew does that enough already for you. <laughs> um, so, so uh, we also get a new uh, uh, peek into a demigod, a possible a demigod among us, uh, Frederick August Barthuvi, or Bar whatever. Uh, he was the. Um, designer, architect, artist, sculptor, whatever, person who made the uh, Statue of Liberty. And uh, I guess Annabeth is a big fan of him because he she's told Percy all about him and how he designed the Statue of Liberty after his mom, who just happened to be Athena. Fun fact. Yeah. There's a really cool um, History Chicks episode on Frederick Auguste Bartholdi, and apparently his mother was like uh, instrumental in his career taking off when he was like a young designer sculptor guy, and like 
he wouldn't have gotten anywhere without like his mom. <laughs> so maybe it's because his mother was Athena. That's really mm-hmm. cool. I re- I downloaded that episode and meant to listen to it and did not listen to it. So nice. I'll actually listen to it now. <laughs> do, it. do it, do it, do it. I really liked History Chicks when I feel like learning. Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't very often. <laughs> That's the right. same. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, this brings us to, we ha- we have to do this like sl- less in depth than we usually do because there's so much to cover in this episode. So this okay. brings us to Percy Jackson and the Bronze Dragon. And Fran, I'm going to let you start this recap because I have to pee. Okay. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> um, <Listen>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how do you guys usually start these things? Do you just read like a little? Just, just not? talk about what happened. You, you can do whatever. Uh, okay. Sometimes she just reads off the notes. Sometimes she just improvs. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um. So Percy Jackson and the Bronze Dragon. This is. Uh, this is going to be so awkward. <laughs> uh, so this, <laughs> this story is two weeks after the most recent quest, which according to my timeline, because I have a timeline because that's the way I can schedule my podcast. Ooh, um, nice. It is about, it would be after the, the Battle of the Labyrinth story, most likely. Let me just double check that actually on my timeline. Um, Wait, would it be? Because yeah, they talk about... He talks about someone who doesn't he die? Um, wait, who? Wait, who do they mention? Oh wait, they might mention Michael Yu, which wouldn't. No, that'd be qualify. that happens in yeah, Last that Olympia, happens in it? Last Olympia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for, according to my timeline here, so Percy Jackson's Strong China that we've just read is between Titan's Curse and Battle of the Labyrinth, and then this story, Percy Jackson the Bronze Dragon, is after battle of the labyrinth which kind of makes sense with some of the things that they do mention yeah. in here i suppose the, the only thing that's confusing with the story is that no one's really kind of sad considering we had quite a lot of people die yeah. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like yeah you think you'd had a bit 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 of sadness but um i guess they're trying to calm people move down on. like yeah move yeah. on in some form get some get back to reality so what's happening here some is that people... yeah, yeah yeah so we are having a uh capture the flag game with the teams being a little bit different in that the blue team is Hephaestus, apollo hermes and and percy because percy's alone no i'm joking he's the only <laughs> child he's kind of a loner either way though sometimes isn't he a little bit he can yeah. be 60 on occasion and then red team is athena aries aphrodite dionysus and Demeter. um i can't even th- there's like the note here about how many people that is i think the red team is has more people in it because hermes would have like brought down the numbers slightly oh no no i'm thinking of later on never mind i think it's probably evenly matched (laughs) (laughs) i take everything back because i was dead wrong (laughs) (laughs) um so what's going on with this is obviously annabeth and percy are on opposing teams at this point and annabeth is let's just say she's confident in the win (laughs) red team and tells percy as such um calling him seaweed brain which he doesn't know how to feel about this name which i find 
hilarious all the while. I think it's kind of annoyed. It's it is kind of adorable. It's hilariously adorable because he he does not know what's happening. And considering that you have like um like an interview with Annabeth talking about people being dense, this right here, ladies and gentlemen, is the definition of dense. And, oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, he also mentions trying to figure out a uh, nickname for her, but he can't think of anything that's seemingly insulting, like her name for his his is. <laughs> Because wise girl and owl, is it owl girl and wise girl that he says? What's the other one? That it's owl head and wise girl. That's it, owl head yeah. and wise girl. And they're not really, they're, they're kind of, like he says, they're lame and they aren't really that mean. Wise, girl, <laughs> wise girl's a compliment. <laughs> owl yeah. head is true, really, because that's her mother's symbol. It did. They're both accurate. <laughs> So it doesn't really work. Um, she basically gives him some advice and he's like, ah, oh, she's tricking me. Um, but he is, of course, being dumb and <laughs> is, is wrong. But he is teaming up with Beckendorf, which, yes, where is the team Beckendorf? Oh, yes. Beckendorf. Yes. Love that Beckendorf here. He's so... I love, I love him so much. I think... Um, What's hilarious here, of course, is the fact that he's giving dating advice to Percy <laughs> in relation to Annabeth, because as everyone knows, the entirety of the camp are Perkabeth shippers. Yes. <laughs> I, no one is not. Everyone is rooting for them. And Beckendorf <laughs> is pretty much... Beckendorf is, is the leader of the shipping brigade. He, he started it. He came up with the name. He's the one who gave the name to them. He uh he was the one who set up the poll <laughs> of when they would get together and all these sort of things. So he's just trying to win a bet right now, really, is what's going on here. Because um, he, he refuses to lose to the Stoll brothers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> His bet was that they would go on a date to fireworks, I guess. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, imagine if that is literally what the poll is. Just like, come on, we've got to get them to go somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but who's gonna ask who will be probably be the part of the bet as well it's like will they go yeah. yes no who will ask hmm <laughs> uh so he gives some advice but I like it turns the idea out that, like, oh, camp half oh no you're fine uh i no, like the idea no. that camp Athlet is just like ship like central <laughs> like they've everybody first had their favorite ship and it was selena and Beckendorf, and they were just working and working and working on getting those two together. And now they finally got them together. And now Beckendorf is heading the ship brigade for Percy and Annabeth. Like, <laughs> so, so true. Yeah, it's really funny. Oh, I love it. What I find really hilarious as well is obviously in this bit, he's giving Percy advice on like how to talk to girls. And then Selena, beautiful, lovely, sweet Selena, walks past and he forgets how to basically breathe. <laughs> and just kind of panics and Percy is just internal thoughts of like yeah great job <laughs> lovely and we learn I that really should take your advice oh yeah yeah brilliant isn't it just uh, everyone's useless at Camp Half-Blood <laughs> relationships but I guess they don't have a formal education so that could be why <laughs> because ouch <laughs> What do you guys have? It's not like Ofsted here, where, which is basically like an education board to make sure that the schools are being a school. What do you guys have like in the US? Like, what is that called? Do you have like a government body that checks in on schools or? 
We have the I Department think... of Education? Is that what they're Which called? Which is headed by uh, Dolores Umbridge currently. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so that's like really good <laughs> yeah oh yeah no i saw that on someone's um instagram i was like oh dear <laughs> but, <laughs> no but i think there's like you know there's like the local school board that you know yeah does uh keeps an eye over like the school locally and then there's like state licensing and all that kind of stuff yeah and okay. i think they have to like do like certain testing and if you test in a certain way then you get classified as a certain level school or you okay. have to be accredited by the state to be like a real school so like uh... there's a church church like a massive church um by quinn's house and they have a school that's not accredited because it's not like licensed by the state to be a school. So you graduate from that school and it means nothing. <laughs> ah, I see, I see. Okay, so I guess that's yeah. sort of similar to what we have here. But either way, someone needs to go check out the camp and be like, none of these children have an education. How are they <laughs> going to survive? I think they, like, people just think that Camp Halfwood is like a weird hippie comp- compound. Like that's what <laughs> a cult. People are gonna think it's a cult. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's led by a weird man in a wheelchair, and they harvest a lot of strawberries. <laughs> Child labor much? There's also a lot of like a lot of those children don't return. I think some of them are dying. <laughs> oh, that got dark. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but honestly though, like what does our neighbors think about like Percy? Mm. Just wondering like like obviously he this is something I've just realized. He's probably the most intelligent person at that camp because he's actually gone to school. Like the year rounders <laughs> don't have an actual yeah. education. Whereas Percy yeah. is at school more often than he is at camp in comparison to yeah. Annabeth. Annabeth doesn't actually have an education. Yeah, and like she's going to school now, but now I think it, the only reason she's able to do that is because she's big enough and strong enough to take care of herself. Like, they, like, yeah. they kept her at the camp until she could kill a few monsters, but then they wouldn't let her go out and try and kill some monsters. She well, she also monsters. didn't have any family to go back to up until, like, Sea of Monsters, right? So. Yeah. And I think maybe in Titan's Curse, so she goes back in Sea of Monsters briefly, but it ends badly. And I think she mm-hmm. does try again in Titan's Curse after everything that happens yeah. there. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's just something like, do they actually have, do they have, like, do they do like maths and English and stuff like that at Camp Half-Blood? Like, I know. Imagine Dionysus is teaching chemistry. And this is how you create wine. Oh my god. Sorry, that just came into my head and like, None of these kids have an education. How do they survive anything? Going <laughs> to the real world. Another indictment of Chiron. <laughs> oh, someone needs to check out this this camp. It is a danger. Some <laughs> <laughs> of these kids are unprepared for any form of life. <laughs> oh Except for the demigod life, which is what they are all going to have. <laughs> which is death. That's what <laughs> life is. Death. <laughs> Oh, that was so angry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's so true, though. It's so true. <laughs> oh, it is. And it's that. <laughs> Our life is, uh, it has no need for education because none of us are going to make it past 22. 
<laughs> yes. But it's true. <laughs> uh, oh, that was depressing. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's get back to the camera. <laughs> um, so, Annabeth um, and the the I've forgotten where I was. <laughs> yeah. oh, we were talking about how uh, Beckendorf is trying to give Percy relationship advice, and then Selena walks by and smiles at him, and he forgets how to breathe. That's it. Okay, so that happens, and then the capture the flag game begins, and Percy and Beckendorf are basically head off together, and he Percy believes that Annabeth is tricking him, so goes to which flank is it? He goes to the the left. Flank? Yeah, she flank. said, yeah. "Stay on the right flank, and you won't get pulverized." And he's yeah. like, "Ha, ha! I won't do that. I'll go to the left." And uh, <laughs> because he's dumb, he does <laughs> do go to the left, and it leads to the uh, the an ant hill. That's it's <laughs> an, evil, an evil ant hill because an evil ant hill because <laughs> they're giant like German shepherds. And evil, like flying ants, <laughs> but they don't. Wait, do they? No, they don't fly. They don't fly, do they? That would be um, terrifying. Imagine a German Shepherd-sized ant flying straight at you. God, I would probably break down in tears. <laughs> yes, I, no, would. I would accept my fate and die right there. <laughs> this is it. This is the moment that I cease to exist. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. Not to mention, this ant hill is four stories tall. I uh. That's it's yeah. That's horrifying. <laughs> like, All right, we're gonna turn around here, right? But no, no. Of course they don't. <laughs> okay. Well, Beckendorf sees a giant golden dragon head, and of course, he's a son of Hephaestus, son of Hephaestus, and sees it as a sign from Hephaestus. That's such a hard name. Um, <laughs> And decides it's worth dying for. Let's go get this head because yes. reasons. Um, and he's also captured and gotten Percy's dumb nature momentarily. Um, and, and so they he goes after the head when Annabeth and Selina arrive and capture Percy, leading to Beckendorf being attacked and kidnapped by giant ants because, yes. of course. Then <laughs> the team realise, oh no, he's <laughs> going to die. Let's uh, figure out what to do. And what do they decide? To make a dragon. Because <laughs> of course they do. Because what else is there to do? I don't know. Save Beckendorf without a dragon, but whatever. Let's get a dragon, I guess. So... <laughs> Why am I so aggressive? <laughs> it's happened now, so I'll carry on. <laughs> so they grab... I don't know what's happening to me. They grabbed the dragon's head that the ants sort of left because they realise they now have a taste of snack in Beckendorf and they go after to try and find a body because normal kid things, I guess. Um, <laughs> and uh and whilst they are searching for the body annabeth explains that this dragon used to be 
the protector of the magical border border that was meant to be barrier but it also came out with border magic barrier <laughs> and talia's tree and oh P Peleus. Uh, oh, there we go the dragon is a bronze I, oh have I been saying gold the entire time when it's actually bronze <laughs> it's the name of the story the bronze dragon <laughs> I didn't even catch that <laughs> oh well I think I need to get my eyesight tested so that's that's something <laughs> to think about um <laughs> It's a bronze automaton that got to the camp. Um, oh my god. They, in searching, they've managed to find the dragon's body buried in the center of a crater, and Annabeth reattaches its head and wakes it up because Athena. And <laughs> <laughs> he, in turn, then wakes up with ruby red eyes, and they yell at it to help a child of Hephaestus before <laughs> running back toward the anthill with it kind of ahead of them and then also slightly chasing them at times which is terrifying but fun i think uh the dragon <laughs> <laughs> attacks the ants and selena because she's a babe leads the charge into the anthill it oh my god the anthill description was actually terrifying Nazi. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Rotting. Yeah. Antithoons. Um, but it did have loads of metals and shiny stuff, which is cool. You could get rich just going in there. <laughs> You'll die going in there, but you could get rich if you manage to get out. So that's... Yeah. Wow. that's I a love how... There's a possibility of a game. Yeah, Beckendorf's like... when Before he runs to get, grab the dragon head, Beckendorf is like, all oh, the metal, they love shiny things. And first he's like, no, <laughs> I'm not going in there. <laughs> no shiny things for you. <laughs> oh. And considering, I think it's um, Percy who says it whilst they're running through, just like Selena just runs past all the shiny stuff and he's like, I've never seen a child of Aphrodite ignore all this makeup and shiny bracelets and, and stuff. And I'm like, Percy, you were a feminist a moment ago. Stop. <laughs> Well, I think people forget that Aphrodite is also the goddess of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's totally got a thing for Beckendorf. So she's going to value her love over her necklaces and stuff. Yeah. The view of the Af children of Aphrodite and the children of Ares actually is always very shallow in this. Mm. It really yeah. sucks. Series. It kind of doesn't really improve much either. <laughs> this day is sort of the, the same for a lot of things which especially Aries I don't think Aries ever gets a better opinion of itself <laughs> it kind of stays as it is it's the Slytherin of, of Camp Half-Blood basically yeah. yeah you always We're... gotta have one <laughs> yeah that's true um, but yeah that kind of sucked I remember reading that I was like oh Percy Percy why <laughs> No, I do like Selena in this, because she does, she's very much not the child of Aphrodite that we've seen before, you know? Mm. This, this is, so this comes before Last Olympian, so it's not like we've seen her tragic demise. Um, but, so all we've seen so far is her, like, clumsily putting on some armor or something like that, and, like, mm. 
clumsily doing stuff. And it's like, no, she's taking control and she's getting her guy back. Yeah. <laughs> I do like yeah, the introduction. Awesome. Oh, sorry. Now that you carry on. Oh, I was just going to say that she is super awesome and Elifer. <laughs> <laughs> Even though she's a spy. <laughs> That's the thing that I'm I kept thinking, like one. reading this whole story, is like she's a spy this mm. whole time. Yeah. Even when this is happening, she's a spy. Yeah. I can stop thinking that. (laughs) I suppose the thing that kind of has to sort of be taken into consideration at this point is that she's no longer a willing spy. She she's being manipulated from kind of like this this point. I think it's from I don't remember if it was mentioned, but it's basically the moment the Battle of the Labyrinth happened and all the aftermath. Like she realized she this was not what she wanted to be a part of, but she was too far in, and Luke kind of held it over her after that point which is yeah, kind of sad yeah especially when he came to charlie afterwards he was like if you keep doing it don't worry i won't tell anyone you'll still have everyone you love and i'll make sure that charlie is is safe but he's a liar yeah, yeah that's true i always forget about the fact that like it went from like yeah i'll keep an eye on camp to- for you too if you don't do this i'll kill everyone you love yeah it's really sad, especially considering as well that she does have mortal family as well, which is something I think people kind of forget. Oh my god, what did her dad think when she had, like, what did they tell her dad? I always wonder I about know. their mortal parents. Like, always. Yeah. It's like, who is anyone telling people? Like, do they get a body? Yeah. Do they yeah. get a gravestone? Does it just, oh, you have to go to, like, what? Yeah. Like, are no. Selena and Beckendorf your rounders at camp or no? Selena, I don't think was, because from what we hear in Last Olympian, she was quite close with her dad because he sent her chocolates because he worked in a oh, chocolate yeah. shop. He, he knew it. Oh, God. Ah, I keep hitting the microphone. <laughs> he knew what happened to Charlie, so he sent her chocolates from his shop to try and help her feel better. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he kind of knew what was happening at camp as well. Was his shop in New York? Was he from New York? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think we know. Maybe. I okay. Um, I don't know where she's from now. <laughs> where is <laughs> Selena from? Selena Puregard. Yeah, but it's like, what, what does... What do they tell her father? Like, mm. and then they I think we asked that when... Out. Yeah, I think we asked that when Charlie died. Didn't we? I don't know. I think we asked it, like, way back in the Lightning Thief, honestly. I know. We, we've, like, concentrated on people's deaths a lot. <laughs> because there's it's a lot of to death. Do. There's a lot of there's... death. Rick is not afraid of killing people. No. Um... <laughs> I was really going to say where she's from. I was hoping they'd maybe say, say. Like, where she's from. No. And it just it doesn't give her dad's name. He's just Mr. Bureaucard in, <laughs> in, the, in the wiki, which sucks. <laughs> Also, yeah, apparently, she had like eyes. She's both had both brown and blue eyes. Wait, she did? I didn't realize that. I guess mm. I forgot that. Um, it's mentioned in this book that her eyes are brown, but in the Last Olympian and the Ultimate Guide, um, her eyes are blue. <laughs> That's I wonder if it's like a child of a the- maybe we can argue it. It's a child of Aphrodite. Aphrodite thing. They can change. Oh, well, but it's Percy. It's always from Percy's point of view. Well, I don't know. Maybe he, Maybe used to he like brown eyes just decided to 
until he decided to like a lighter shade of eye. What color is Annabeth's Anna eyes? That's the question. Gray. Eyes are gray. Oh, yeah, they're gray. Okay. That, that fizzled out with my theory. <laughs> I don't think every eye color is short from then on. <laughs> but yeah. Sadness. I really, really like this story because I love Beckendorf and mm. Selena. Mm-hmm. It's like, this, I was so pleasantly surprised by this book. Because I expected it to just be, like, kind of those irritating side stories that authors sometimes write because they're like, oh, the fans want more. But really, we get Beckendorf, Selena, Clarice, mm, Clarice. Talia, Nico. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. I think yeah. things like this, like these short stories, I'm like, I wish they had been included in some way. Considering all the characters that we get in these short stories have some huge significance especially in the last olympian for like selena and charlie like charlie is like the final straw for everyone and like their motivation and their their morale and then selena it was like the the big sacrifice really in the lead up to the even bigger sacrifice later on but we don't really get much about them in general yeah maybe in the tv show one day they'll publish like some of the story stories like on, on the back of like the Battle of the Labyrinth. So like this would come after after you finish Battle of the Labyrinth. Like how my edition randomly had like it has like the first chapter of what? Titan's curtain no, what? What? Oh God, what comes after Labyrinth? The last, the last Olympian. Olympian. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My my copy had the first chapter of the next book. So instead of doing that, maybe the more recent editions could, or like a new edition could have one of these short stories instead. That would be mm. cool. Because yeah. it, it'd be like, read this before you move on to the next thing instead of just the first chapter of the book that you're going to go get from the library anyway. Mm. Yeah. It's super unnecessary to actually do that. Yeah, publishing publishers, come on, listen to us so you can know how you do your job. Um, <laughs> priceless ideas here, people. <laughs> but it's really interesting how much we get about Celia and, and Charlie in this one, especially considering that Selena is the one who saves the day. She saves Charlie, she helps get them out, and all these sort of things. And then there's also the, the one that leads to them both going to the fireworks together, which is really cute. <laughs> yeah. And then Annabeth, being the, the epic girl that she is, has her and Percy go to the fire, which is saying, so, <laughs> we're going, right? It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. And she's also the one who doesn't want to leave the dragon to be eaten by the ants. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that was actually quite cute, wasn't it? She's like, we can't let it die. It saved you. <laughs> and Beckendorf's like, well, it's gonna eat all of us <laughs> it's crazy though <laughs> yeah. he's like there's a reason you can't reactivate these automatons it's lost its mind <laughs> so you have to find it again i don't care <laughs> yeah <laughs> it. he's like okay <laughs> like okay i'll do it then <laughs> yeah so basically they save the dragon kind of but then beckendorf deactivates it and it's now under construction yeah yeah (laughs) but i like how they talk about like them being brave 
Because Selena's like, Charlie, that was the bravest thing I've ever seen. And Bruce is like, that was brave. <laughs> and then Annabeth comes in to save his ego. Yeah. <laughs> what was it that she, uh, she said? She's basically like, um, I know she said that what Charlie did was the bravest, but it wasn't the bravest thing I've ever seen. Because what you did was pretty brave too. And I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Oh, well, I'm just looking at the end a bit now as well. So we've got like the whole thing of uh, Annabeth and Selena sort of possibly planned all of this to have happened. Yeah. <laughs> then capture them and put them in jail. Well, in there, the capture the flag jail. And first thing back and off, and like, but we. <laughs> yeah, because Percy and Beckendorf just assumed that the game was already done and they were like, oh, we're not playing Capture the Flag anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and Annabeth was like, no, you're going to jail. Don't you know that? Because <laughs> well, she and are like, oh, we can still win this. All right. Go. <laughs> Wait over there. Oh, God. I <laughs> but love I it. love, I love, love, love the end. It's so funny. Um, but Annabeth just smiled and put us in jail. As she was heading back to the front line, she turned and winked. See you at the fireworks? She didn't even wait for my answer before darting off into the woods. I looked at Beckendorf. Did she just ask me out? He shrugged, completely disgusted. Who knows with girls? Give me a haywire dragon any day. So we sat together and waited while the girls won the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best last sentence of like anything ever. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> we just sat and waited because they were going to win. So we'll just wait for them to come collect us as their dates. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Time for the fireworks. You can get out of jail now. <laughs> Good. Did you bring food? Yeah. <laughs> it's been ages. <laughs> This is a very long capture the flag game. I'm like, are they? Do they all last this long? I think it depends, probably, on how well the other team, one team, does. You know, like mm. hiding the flag or capturing the flag. If one team's really good and one team's terrible, game's yeah. gonna be fast. If they're both good, <laughs> true. We're gonna be playing this game for three days. <laughs> be like the ones. That one of the games lasted like five days at some point, like in the past. Oh, did they? That's so cool. I was trying to mention it to do with the hunters or something, or, or maybe just a random oh, game. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I think it was game. the hunters game. Yeah. Because the camps never won. Which <laughs> makes me laugh to say they've never won a capture the flag game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they don't spend all of their time in the woods hunting with people. I don't know. <laughs> trained by a goddess and not by an incompetent centaur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An overachieving horse. Are you ready for Bring on the Monsters? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So we're talking the Merm... The Mermeeks. Mermeeks. Mermeekies. Evil ants. Yeah. The evil ants. Yes, the evil giant ants. So, in one of Herodotus's histories, um, the book three, by the way, uh, it, he reports that a species of fox-sized furry ants lives on one of the far eastern 
eastern Indian provinces of the Persian Empire. And by the way, the Mermaniki is the Greek word for ant. So, was it was it a giant hairy ant or was it a a giant scaly fox that might have looked like an ant? (laughs) (laughs) So. Both would be unpleasant to uh, see. Uh, (laughs) So not only were these supersized ants, these were ants that had a special interest in gold. Uh, The Mermanikinis, the giant ants, uh, hoarded deep deposits of gold in the Indian and uh, Indian or in the Indian desert and tribes would get the gold from the anthills in a dangerous like dangerous like Russian grab maneuver. Sort of like what Charles Charlie was trying to do, um, but then got captured. So. so then they did a Russian grab of Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only maneuver to do against the giant evil ant ants. <laughs> the giant evil evil gold ants. Uh, <laughs> all right, Stoll <laughs> Brothers. We're we're talking today to the Stoll Brothers. Interview with the Connor and Trevor Stoll, son son of Hermes. What do you want to say? Golden Mango. There you go. That's what they want to say. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just picked out like a couple things that were funny about each interview, which is each interview is only like a couple pages long. But, yeah. Um. In one of the recent episodes, we talked about the golden apple with, like, for the fairest or whatever that caused, like, the Trojan War. Yeah, yeah. And it is once again referenced here. Connor and Travis did that to the Aphrodite, ki- after Aphrodite Kevin. So, uh, isn't it nice oh that God. they're so easily tricked? Or, you know. <laughs> totally not shallow at all. But I love how it's a gold mango that they just spray painted it gold and wrote yeah. the hottest on it. I imagine it in like <laughs> and like horrible boy chicken scratch. Wait, the Stoll brothers. <laughs> yeah, we're done um, with them. Let's move on to Clarice. Oh we are? Okay. Yeah. Clarice. <laughs> um oh so there was some foreshadowing with her like wanting to pulverize Michael Yu, which is sad. Yes. Mm. Uh, because the, she just like hates all those Apollo kids. Don't worry, Clarice. You'll come to regret that. Uh, (laughs) I wonder if this Uh, interview is after, like, the chariot has been, like, that whole issue has been building up. Like, that's already happened at this point. That's why she wants to I feel like it's building. I think it's building. It hasn't gotten to the point where there's been a chariot stolen or whatever. Mm -hmm. Confused ownership. Doesn't she say in um, The Last Olympian, at some point, she's like, it's just the last straw. Like, she can't deal with them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's true. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all right. But. What else? Aside from her father, who do you think is the bravest of the gods? All right. This is... I don't like these kind of questions. I don't really like them. No. But... She's in Zeus as well. I'm like, but why? Yeah, why would you say Zeus? Yeah, I would yeah, think she wouldn't like him at all. Anything. I'm like, 
it, and then she gets like revenge it. just like the way that her dad and her brothers get revenge, it seems, just by threatening revenge and never actually <laughs> doing anything about it. You're like, yeah. oh, one day you'll live to regret it. It's like, okay. One day. I think not today, though. That's, um, <laughs> Definitely. go about your business. <laughs> Have a nice day, then. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually I'll get them. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, have a nice day. <laughs> oh, uh, so Annabeth's interview. If we're oh done with God. Clarice. Sure. Okay. Annabeth. Annabeth's interview. The best interview. The only valid interview. The important interview. Yeah. yeah. The I love Percy, but I'm not going to say it out loud interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Quinn. What did you notice on, like, the very first page of Annabeth's interview? <laughs> um, so... For the last, like, few episodes, I've been talking about this random dream that I woke up with, that I had a whole, like, layout of a building that was supposed to be built on Camp Half-Blood, where a place that people can worship the gods. <laughs> what <Wow>. the hell? <gasps> Happens to be first page of Annabeth's interview. <laughs> And I'm dreaming about these books. It's in your But I don't even remember the books themselves anymore. I just can remember them. I don't know. I must have read the. I must have just like been flipping through the book, read the first first page of Annabeth's interview, went to bed, and then convinced myself that I came up with that idea. <laughs> oh my god! I feel like maybe it was Jason. No, somebody commented that on Instagram. Oh. I, I, like, went to Instagram. I was like, what is this idea? Like, why? Why? I'm not a person that comes up with these kind of ideas. Where did it come from? And someone's like, well, maybe Jason does it. And it's like, no. Annabeth says it right here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then she gets distracted talking about Percy being dense. (laughs) Because he is dense. Dense, particularly about uh, feelings of a certain kind and not understanding what someone is trying to insinuate within a conversation. <laughs> and it's really frustrating because you're, you think you're being obvious, but apparently you're not really being obvious enough. And he's just such a dumb boy. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm gay, but I can relate in some forms. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> humanity. Humanity's dumb. Yes. <laughs> especially about romance (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i really relate to percy though because like oh i'm definitely the person who's just like oh you're flirting with me oh it's been years (laughs) (laughs) a meme of wait are you flirting with me well i have been for the past two years but yes so glad you finally picked up on that Annabeth and Percy like Percy is the person responding with wait are you flirting and Annabeth the two years (laughs) (laughs) and this is the moment and Rachel's in the background like me too (laughs) (laughs) and And Nico's there too like hey (laughs) just a line of people and that means by turning back so all the girls stood behind Percy just like looking at him all of them Percy Channing, oblivious. <laughs> looking at oblivious. <laughs> I just got a hilarious image of like 
cartoon Percy talking to cartoon Annabeth and you don't see anybody and it's just like a white background and then Rachel just jumps out <laughs> like behind <laughs> Annabeth is like hey <laughs> then Nico then Calypso then <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Some random nymph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> But then also, Natalie, you um oh I I thought you wrote something down. Maybe you took it away. But these questions are very romance based towards Annabeth. Oh yeah, I put that at uh under Percy's interview. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay. because Annabeth's questions are like, well, the first one is that well, if you could design a new structure for Camp Pavlo, what would it be? And then about her mom, and then like about her friends, her Camp Pavlo friends, which she brings up Percy herself in that one. Yes. But then like, you've been, uh, you've been known to call Percy seaweed brain from time to time. What's his most annoying quality? And then she, you know, she talks about Percy a lot, and it's cute. Okay, it's cute, but if you fast forward to Percy's interview, there's mm. he's not asked about girls yeah. at all. Yeah, he's asked, "What's your favorite part about summers at camp? What's the hardest part about being the new kid? If you had to trade Riptide for another item, what would you choose? You've had a lot of close calls. But what's your scariest moment? Any advice for kids who suspect they may be demigods too? Nothing about Annabeth Chase." Mm-mm. This is graceful. Yeah. Could have been a nice parallel question. Could have been, how do you feel about Annabeth calling you seaweed brain? Yeah. Mm, that'd be cool. And then that yeah. leading to him being like, I don't understand why she does it. She just, she comes to pick on me all the time and like, then tries to be in my company all the time. And well, I kind of <laughs> like being in her company too, but then I mean, just <laughs> leading down the whole kind of digging himself into a hole and being like, Wait, do I like Annabeth? And then that cuts off the interview. That would be hilarious. Yes. Yes, that's that's the end great. of his interview, of him asking, do I like Annabeth? And then that's it. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. Rick, let me write a book. <laughs> that would be hilarious. And as it is, he only mentions, Anna Selena is arguing with Annabeth, trying to give her a makeover, and Clarice is still sticking the new kids' heads into the toilets. And, like, that's the only mention of the three of them. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it it doesn't yeah. have great implications for the Aphrodite cabin either. No, no, no. Look. Which why? <laughs> <laughs> Aphrodite why? cabin has never been painted in a good light. Uh. No, because it's two thousand nine, player. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't say player again. <laughs> <laughs> I just read that in my notes. I put Grover Underwood. Muskrat love. Grover being a player. <laughs> no, you didn't say player. You said playa. <laughs> Maybe. <Do it> again. <laughs> anyway, Grover Underwood's interview. <laughs> Muskrat love. That's all you need to know. There's a jam called Muskrat love out there, and we need to hear it. So. <laughs> yeah, if somebody has written the song Muskrat love... Let us know. <laughs> I'm picturing it sort of like a muskrat love. No, it can't be like that. No. What is a muskrat? Muskrat love. Isn't a muskrat, muskrat? like a Timon thing? A, a what? 
Timon from uh, Lion King. No, that's the Mia. No, cat. those are Mia Cat. I think a muskrat <laughs> is in the same family. Oh, it's so cute. They're How like it up. They're like tunnel living rodents. Mm. Yeah, they're large rodents. The mm. the muskrat, the only species in genus Andrata, and tribe. Well, they have on such tiny hands. Is a medium-sized semi-aquatic rodent native to North America and an introduced species in parts of Europe, Asia, and South America. The muskrat is found in wetlands over a wide range of climates and habitats. Oh, like oh so I was beaver. very wrong. It's like a beaver, but not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that but more ratty. More. But more rats. It's like a beaver, but more ratty. It has less of a tail and has little teeny tiny hands. <laughs> Are they the groundhogs? No. They look like groundhogs. Yeah. They're like a mix between a groundhog and a beaver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I first heard of muskrats when the Captain and Tennille released their plaintive 1976 hit, Muskrat Love. The pop duo was not the first to sing the song. Three years earlier, Muskrat Love was released as an advanced single from best-ranked band America's album, Hat Trick. I'm sorry, it's a real what? song. Apparently. It's a real song. Gross. Damn. Captain and Tennille? No, wait, what kind- ca- Oh my god. It what, looks the Captain so Captain and Tennille wrote it. But- it's so 70s. They were not the first to sing the song. Three years earlier, Muskrat Love was released as an advanced single from best-ranked band America's album Hat Trick. That sentence makes no sense. That's the name of the band. <laughs> I know Hat Trick is, but oh. best-ranked band America's album. Oh! <laughs> I'm a little slow on the uptake sometimes. <laughs> Strength band America, their album Hat Trick. I <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's the song we're overplayed. <laughs> okay, wait. I found the song. I'm gonna yeah, see if it. I can get wait, it to. Wait, 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 can you hear it? Yes. reminds me of Piglet's movie song. Everything I dreamed. If you guys haven't heard the scene or heard the song from the Piglet's movie, I'm going to be offended. I wait, what? I heard it. I think I've seen this movie. What was no. your childhood? <laughs> I read a lot of TV. I read a lot of books. Okay. I mean, it was I a movie. Outside. I read books and played outside. Wait, what movie? The Piglet movie to do with Piglet from Winnie the Pooh. Oh, the Piglet movie. No, I yeah. haven't. God, never watched Firstly, it's on one. Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. You can, you can oh, watch okay. it. <laughs> but it's basically right. there's a song in it that is the exact same sort of rhythm and song style sounding as <laughs> Cat Love. That's <laughs> Cat Love. <laughs> I did not expect this to be a real song because he says that a muskrat requested it. So she I didn't expect it to be real. 
I know, right? But she talked for a good minute and a half about the writing of the song before that song started playing. Oh, my oh, God. That's, yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, my friend, blah, 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 blah. I fast forwarded, so I didn't actually listen to it because you guys were also talking. But <laughs> <laughs> Nice. All right. Well, anyway, are we done with the interviews? Do you want to say anything else? Uh, no, we have to. Or no, Grover. Yeah, we talked about Grover. Yeah. So let's talk about images. Whoa, Woo-hoo. those picture about. Well, first, we get a camp of a map of enjoy camp Watson barking. <laughs> so first, we get a camp half flood map. Haven't we had one before? I think we've I mean, had one somewhere. This yeah. one is very different to a previous one. It is. I've got one on the Like, list. I was very Ooh. confused looking at it. That was for sure. I don't know if this is maybe the original one, because I think the one that I've got on my wall is actually more detailed, so maybe a later yeah. version. Maybe this is, like, the more simplified one. And yeah. then, like, in... So there's Zephyrus Creek. I don't feel like I've never even heard that name. No, I don't think I have either. Is that the creek that Talia and Percy fight over? Yeah, oh, the maybe. one that goes through the, the forest. Um, yeah. That's the line for the, the capture the flag. Also, how is it that that creek... Is that creek running into the ocean? Or out of the ocean? <laughs> that's a good point. It's like a good possible. Wait, no, I don't know anything about New York, so I don't know what Long Island Sound is. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it's a good map. I like this. I like the horse, the stables. That the horse is very proper looking. But then, <laughs> considering the stables house Pegasuses, that's not a Pegasus. That's true. Wait, I really have regular horses too. Wait, That's you guys true. have a picture of a horse? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a picture of a horse. <laughs> your guy, your map is so much better than mine. Mine's terrible. Mine's line drawing. <gasps> what That's is terrible. This That's is not even awful. finished. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here's what we're looking at. That's so much. I'm really upset. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you got a trash line drawing thing, and the sables is just like a rectangle. Yeah. British people. (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know. Alright, let's see what what's your Annabeth's tr- what does your Annabeth's trunk look like? Annabeth's what? Uh her camp Annabeth's trunk. Camp trunk. Do you have one? No <laughs> I don't have that. You have this? No. It's what Why she am I getting upset? <laughs> I don't have any of that. Well well this has a photo of everything that she packs for camp. Which includes oh. a teddy bear. Don't tell anyone. Medea's <laughs> SPF 5000 sunscreen. Her Yankees cap. An orange camp blood half blood or orange camp half blood T-shirt. A cell phone. Keep it off at all times. Uh, bug spray. Anti spiders. 
uh, Daedalus <laughs> and Laptop, um, a dagger, flip flops. I don't. Why would she bring flip flops? Monster showering. Oh, I guess so. That's good. Um, <laughs> That's a basic bag. Yeah. <laughs> a, a sleeping bag. Um, a copy of classical architecture for the 21st century. Uh, and a canteen of nectar. Am I missing anything? I don't think so. I don't either. Oh. There's also That's a label on similar. there that says Annabeth Chase, and then there's a percentage symbol? If no, care of. care of. It's a C slash O. Oh. <laughs> I did not know that's that what it, that's what it meant. <laughs> I can't believe you don't have that at all. No, that's really sad. So I have the really basic, terrible map of Camp Half Blood. I've got Percy Jackson, the Inner Circle. Um, What's then... that? Are those those pictures? This thing. Oh, we don't have that. What? It's not even interesting as well, so that's kind of... <laughs> this, um, why do they change it so much for you guys? Like, oh, England no, sucks. <laughs> Those Brits don't get to see what Annabeth brings to Canada. They don't like pictures. They like yeah. words. This is what it says here, so this is the inner circle thing. Okay, it's not every day, but you'll find yourself battling a donut-eating monster, but for the sake of argument, let's say you did... These are the guys you'd want around as your backup team. Um, NB. What does NB stand for? I don't know. I only added Clarice because she's got me out of a few scrapes. Really, I hate her. Firstly, that's not necessary to put in. But <laughs> <laughs> he then lists Chiron, Annabeth, Grover, Tyson, and Clarice as his inner circle. So it's nice that she's in his inner circle, but I don't really know what, what this is. It's what it means. just listening. <laughs> It's got, like, their name, their gender, their age, location, a quote from them, best feature, body type, and about them. What is Clarice's location? Um, her... Oh, it doesn't say her location at all, actually. Oh, no, it does. Camp Half-Blood, Long Island, New York. So, she's always there. I mean, we so... do have these. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> We get, um, so I do have the who's who thing, but we don't get the picture. We only get the name. Oh my god. Look, we have all this hideous artwork that I hate. Why does Chiron wear his bow with the. We get some like imagery on it. So I've got lightning strikes around it for Zeus. And then I've got sandals and or flip flops for Poseidon. <laughs> the Hawaiian ones. Uh, Hades, I've got like ghoul faces and like a skull oh um, we don't god have of, god of war i've got shades athena we've got a pillar <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you can just basically just make out like a sort of pillar temple sort of yeah. building thing <laughs> um aphrodite you've got love heart petals yeah okay. original yeah. Um, Hermes, we've got some wings. Um, the Sirens, we've that's a random placement in between some gods. Um, musical notes. Circe, we've got like a golden globe thingy. Then we go back to the gods. Okay. You've got uh, more Dino than that. Yeah. yeah. 
to make up probably for the lack of everything else. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Dionysus with wine, Polyphemus. Polyphemus is the is yeah. This, so we've got like a monster. We've got like god and monster guides in yeah. this. Interesting. Um, and that's it. So we don't even have all the gods. <laughs> what Weird. is the point? <laughs> well, we so have- what we have is we have a picture of Zeus and then a little like bio, whatever. Mm. Uh, then Poseidon and Athena. So lovely. Athena with her nice little neck crick. <laughs> and uh, Ares oh. and Percy. So that's lovely. Uh, and then <laughs> Annabeth and <laughs> Grover. Another wonderful depiction of Grover. This and Chiron. This. <laughs> I know. Who approved this art? It's hideous. Look at look at Annabeth's face. Look at it. And if you I, don't, I don't want to. <laughs> this is okay. I'm so sorry to like look at Chiron. <laughs> Okay, why does Chiron have his bow like that? You don't wear the bow in the front and the string in the back. He has the wood part across his chest. Like I know. Has this has this artist ever watched like an adventure movie with like is I mean the Lord of the Rings, for goodness sake, at bare minimum. Mm. No. This is so weird. Do you guys have a so, weapons guide, um, by the way? A weapons guide? Yeah. No, we don't. So we've you got this thing here. So it's the weapons guide. So we've got Riptide, Igus, which is obviously Talia's shield, Backbiter, Yankee's baseball cap, Tyson's shield, and that's it, admittedly. Um, um, we have. Do you have the games in the back? Um, I've got some games. So I've got like the Olympian crossword puzzle. Yeah. The word jumble. Um, the 12 Olympian gods plus two. Yes. Oh, this is just the symbols and stuff. Okay, so that's not a game. Um, oh, I've just looked at the answers by accident. <laughs> 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 um, and then actually, we do have another fun game. I don't know if you guys have this. Monsters, a spotter's guide. No. You have that. have that. So this is, uh, yes. Grover always says, the less you know about them, the fewer monsters you attract, but surely it helps to know when to stay and fight it out and when to just to get the hell out of there. Can, uh, so it's just basically a quiz of figuring out by the features which monster it is. Oh! So which one of these is not a feature of the bull man? Manicured fingernails, two black and white horns, a huge long snout, coarse brown fur. And then you just have Manicured to fingernails! <laughs> Weird. Ah. Super strange. Yeah. Yeah. Why does it? Why? 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 <laughs> I mean, that's like a lot of differences. <laughs> yeah. 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 I always expect at least some like kind of difference between the editions. Like what? And or your copy said they had a blue flag over the Empire State Bl- State Building, and then mine had a blue light. What's yeah, mine has a blue that? light as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would say most copies do, and Natalie's just the odd one out. It was one cop. <laughs> it was one messed up. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel always there's always some weirdness going on with some publishing mm. people. Are like, what? 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 Are, why are you thinking this? 
Why, why do you think that someone else needs a completely different copy of a book that was fine for this person? Yeah. I don't know. It's like, oh, well, we can't give the British people what the Americans have. we got to give them more words because <laughs> learning? <laughs> Americans just get those pictures. <laughs> all they can look at is pictures. <laughs> that was a really bad American accent. It was very good, very good. <laughs> as good as your British. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, are you ready to get into Sword of Hades? Uh, yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, it's time. <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> Yeah, so Percy's doing final exams, and all the freshmen are in the auditorium for some reason. Don't know why. I know that's like uh, weird to take all your te- all of your exams together. Weird, but okay. Yeah, and then Mrs. O'Leary shows up and she starts barking and destroying the like Christmas scene on the stage. And she leads Percy out of the school and through the city to Carl Schur's Park. Where they see a uh, where yeah where they see the golden deer, the sacred animal of Artemis, being tailed by none other than Talia Grace herself. And then mm-hmm. a few moments later, a shadow appears out of nowhere, and Nico tumbles out of it. And he's like, "Why did you bring me here? I was in a graveyard, in New Orleans." <laughs> That's so Nico. Yeah, <laughs> Nico. And then the ground rumbles, and they fall into this abyss. And they land in Persephone's garden. Mm-hmm. And Persephone's like, I got a mission for you guys. And I need you to do it whether you want it to or not. And also don't tell anyone that you're doing it. <laughs> so basically, Hades is having a sword made with a key of Hades embedded in the hilt that can immediately banish a soul to, to the underworld or bring a soul back to the real world. Um, which he's doing without approval from Zeus and Poseidon, which is bad times. And unfortunately, the sword was stolen from the forges before it was completed. So Persephone, of course it was. Yeah. Persephone needs the kids to bring it back before Hades finds out it's gone. So Nico wants to do it because he's like, well, it's my dad. I have to do it. And Percy and Talia are like, no. But then anyway... They do it anyway. And <laughs> Persephone gives them a carnation that, like, leans in the direction of the thief. And when all the petals fall off, it means it's too late and they failed. So the children of the big three set off through the underworld with the carnation pointing the way. And Nico's Stygian iron sword keeping the shades at bay as they walk through everything. And uh, as they walk through the fields of Asphodel, Talia looks around at the shades and Percy's like, if you're looking for Bianca, she's not here. She died a hero's death. And Tali's like, I'm not looking for Bianca, Percy, shut up. And Percy's like, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So they have to go through the fields of punishment. And thankfully, Rick doesn't give us any of the gory details of that. But it does sound pretty awful. Mm. Um, Yeah, what is it? Like, Percy walks through with his eyes on the ground, like, (laughs) and hearing was enough. Yeah, it's like 80s music and screams from torture. Oh yeah. no, like not 80s, 80s music. music. <laughs> like, the 80s, that was the worst time for everyone. 
Um, so they meet Sisyphus, who's annoying and weird, and he tells them that a demigod with an eye patch passed by, and he told him to talk to Melano. And uh, Percy's like, "Who's Melano?" And Nico's like, "Oh God, this is gonna be bad." So when they're done talking to Sisyphus, they keep go- oh, and Talia rolls Sisyphus's boulder up the hill. They <laughs> <laughs> so they keep going. Um, when they're done, done talking to Sisyphus, and they run into creatures called Carries or Daemons, that are screeching about Ipetus taking over the underworld and attack Percy with their poisonous claws. And this is one of the first times, I think, that we see Percy, like, get seriously injured. Like, he's mm, passing yeah. out, like, can't fight injured, like, bad. And he goes, like, yeah, you're gonna die unless a god heals you. I feel like this is the first time we've seen, like, a real inter- injury in general. Because no- normally, normally people get injured and then they just, like, magically get, magically get healed right away. Or, like, they go off to the side for a bit and heal up and then they come back in a week and they're like, yeah, I'm fine. Or, and they, like, die. <laughs> or they just die, pers- like, just immediately. <laughs> And this is, like, the first time we're seeing, like, Percy actually deal with pain. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I think the only other person we've seen, like, badly injured, although it does kind of get healed quite quickly, is Annabeth on Polyphemus' yeah. island. But then oh, yeah. she's just, the fleece is put over her not long after. But she's, like, full mm, on, like, dropped on her head unconscious. Sort of yeah, stuff, so. yeah. 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 That's, yeah, so she that wasn't, was but she wasn't like awake complaining about being in pain. Percy's sort of just like, yeah, so I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I'm I can hold the water. <laughs> it's I like lava. <laughs> it's like nice lava. Just call her and in the background, just like, <laughs> dude, you're hallucinating. Yeah. <laughs> Tally's You're like, dying. Stay down. <laughs> but Sit. Stay. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> so they keep going with Percy, really messed up, toward Melano, and they run into the river Lethe. And the river Lethe, fun fact, is um, able to, like, if one drop gets on you, it makes you forget who you are. So they can't just swim through it. And Percy's really hurt, and he doesn't know if he can, like, you know, keep them all safe inside the river. So he lifts the river up out of the riverbed using his powers so that Talia and Nico can walk through. And Talia's like, come on, come on. And he's like, I can't. And she's like, yes, you can. So he starts doing it, and then he stumbles and falls and drops the river on his head. (sighs) Imagine being Talia and Nico, like... Oh my god! like, oh my god! I've killed the chosen one. <laughs> like, does this mean I'm the chosen one now? Oh no! What have we done? Like, <laughs> Nico beside her. I'm the one who still ages. Now I'm the chosen. Oh my god! I'm too young to die. <laughs> I'm twelve. Leave me alone. <laughs> But then also, it's like, what if the river just healed Percy's wounds, and then he came out, and he just has no memory? I'm all good now. 
<laughs> and you he's still new. the chosen one, though, so he's just like, hello, who am I? And they're like, the chosen one. <laughs> they have to retrain him from, like, the last four years. Oh, yeah. God. To save the world in, like, two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, imagine. That, wow. That's Take when Percy needs to... This is the moment Percy needs to lose his memory forever. <laughs> yeah. But I like how it's like he just hears Talia yell no from the opposite bank and then just like everything goes black and like watery. Mm-hmm. But so, because he's a son of Poseidon, he doesn't get wet. Yes. Good old Percy stays dry, makes it to the other side. And Terrifies they, Tali and Nico. <laughs> yes. <laughs> by jumping out of the water unexpectedly. Um, so basically they're like, oh my god, how are you still alive? How do you know who you are still? And then they keep going. <laughs> they, <laughs> he responds with plot armor. <laughs> 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 so they reach Melno's cave. And it's similar to Ares. Um, Melano makes nico see images of his mother and talia also sees images of her mother but her mother's like calling her lazy and like a runaway and useless and all this stuff um but i really liked um the part where melano turns and looks at percy and she wants to make him see like his ghosts and stuff as well and she's just like like he's not um do 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 i can't he doesn't have any or something like that Heckin' book so hard. Because it's the pages. It's the old-timey pages. I told you. No, it's because they put the stupid pictures right in the middle of the story. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So they put... She's like, "Uh, where are your ghosts? She demanded an irritation. My... I don't know. I don't have any. Everyone has ghosts. Deaths you regret. Guilt. Fear. Why can I not see yours? I've made my peace with them, I said. They've passed on. They're not ghosts. Now let my friends go. And I don't know, I just really like that part because it's like he's able to like process the deaths Mm. of everyone who he's lost and like move on from it. So it's not like they're haunting him anymore. They're just become something different. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of seeing them in a for the, the happy life that they've got afterwards mm-hmm. as well because they've all they all died a hero's death like for what he says yeah. and they all kind of got their peace with it and especially with bianca i suppose that'd be the main one that he probably would have had guilt for but she even said to yeah. him like i don't blame you i don't hold you responsible it was my my own fault you don't have to feel mm-hmm. guilty right yeah like if this had if he had encountered encountered melano like a few weeks earlier <laughs> I think there yeah. might have been, like, at least Bianca as a ghost. Mm. But... Or a few months later, like, after or, yeah. Beckendorf. Yeah. 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 Beckendorf, I think, is going to be the one person that he's not 100% sure if he'll be able to let go of, I think, in future. Because he, mm-hmm. he was the one who escaped. Like, he knew what Beckendorf was going to do, but still kind yeah. of, like, left. So I think that'll be one that he has in future if he ever meets her again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, Beckendorf, just like all the others, died a hero's death and moved on in just the same way, like, afterlife-wise, has completely moved on. But that doesn't mean that the person who lost him, Percy, 
uh, has moved on. So, still yeah. has a ghost. Yeah. It's sad. Or will have a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Hurts. Um, <laughs> Hopefully he won't after a while. Mm. We decided to make things sad for ourselves, apparently. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she was like, look up here? No, sweet on <laughs> No, I just really like that part and I thought it was an interesting like commentary on grief and like losing mm. your friends. Yeah. Mm. Um Continuing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And Ethan Nakamura shows up with I I it it whatever. Iapetus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Ethan Nakamura appears out of the cave with the Titan Ipetus and the Sword of Hades. And they all fight, and Ethan drops the sword, and, like, I don't know, Percy or Nico grabs it, and Percy drags Ipetus into the River Lethe with him. Um, and luckily, Percy obviously is able to stay dry, but Ipetus is not. So they emerge from the river, and Ethan runs out of the underworld through Melno's escape hatch. And Talia is going to shoot him, and Percy's like, "No, just let him, let him go, you know, whatever." And Bob's Fire. like, <laughs> "Yeah." Bob's like, "Who am I?" <laughs> and Percy's like, "Uh, you're our friend, Bob." <laughs> <laughs> and Bob's like, "Okay, okay. makes sense." <laughs> so Bob, this. yeah. <laughs> Bob heals Percy's shoulder, which is really nice and convenient, and the Furies give them all a ride back to Hades' throne room. Um, and it, they discover that Hades is angry at Persephone, soft with Nico and irritated at Percy all the time, as usual. And they all, the, the demigods realize that Persephone has ordered the making of the sword without Hades' knowledge to level a playing field and give Hades, like, more power over Zeus and Poseidon, I guess. And they're like, that's why you didn't want Hades to know because he didn't know about the sword. So thanks a lot for involving us in this horrible plan. And <laughs> Persephone's like, well, I'll give you a reward. And Percy's like, get out of here before I have Bob carry you down to the river Lethe and throw you in. And she's like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so funny because at the beginning of the story, Nico sasses Persephone and Percy's like, you're going to get blasted. And then by the end, Percy's like, whatever. Okay. Yeah, he's just like, you know what? No, I'm over it. Persephone, here's what I have to say to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. You're basic. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Persephone had given them each a rose to take them back to the upper world and Nico says that he's going to stay in the, in the underworld to watch over Bob and get closer to his father um, because Hades needs a better advisor because Persephone sucks um, <laughs> and Nico's like Percy don't forget my my offer that I made you and now obviously we know that he's referring to bathing in the river Styx and Tally's like, what is he talking about? And Percy's like, too dangerous. I'm hungry. So they crush the roses and return to the upper world to get a cheeseburger. Cute. Good plan. <laughs> also, like, there are several points where Percy worries about 
Queen Sally, like, wondering where he is because it's Christmas. And I'm like, he should not be going to get a cheeseburger. They should be going home and eating Christmas dinner. It's true. Is it Christmas, though, or is it just winter break? Well, he was doing his exams, so... Yeah, so he's still still in school. Yeah. So it wouldn't Uh, be Christmas. I would say it's like the Friday before winter break. Yeah. And he hasn't come home from school, so Sally's would be worrying. Okay. And in case this turns into like a three-week-long quest, is it like they always do? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I do love it when he's kind of like, oh, man. I just she just stopped worrying about what happened with the labyrinth and now this <laughs> and yeah. next summer I could die. Like this is her heart is not gonna Aww. cope any longer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like it's also cute because he's like worrying about her pacing around wondering when he's gonna come home and open his presents. Yeah. But then also, home. doesn't he, like, picture Paul sort of being there, like, comforting her? So it's, like, not Paul. terrible. <laughs> I know. Paul's sort of great. He's, like, the unrequited hero or something. <laughs> yeah. Paul isn't sort of great. Paul is amazing. Paul is the greatest. <laughs> Sorry. He's such a, such a sweet, nice guy who cares about her. He deserves more respect. Everyone thinks he's boring. <laughs> he's not boring. He's literally unlovable. He's yes. so sweet. He's brought Sally happiness. That makes him the greatest person to ever exist. <laughs> <laughs> he, during the Battle of Manhattan, he picks up a sword and starts using it like he's a freaking Shakespearean actor. Because he is one. <laughs> I just love that explanation as well. Just, <laughs> I took a year of Shakespeare. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not too yeah, sure great. how... Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, Whatever you say. Paul, Paul deserves so much more respect. <laughs> He's oh great. my god. Alright, you ready for Bring on the Monsters? Sure. Yeah. Alright, so Bring on the Monsters. Alright, so my notes for Sisyphus. Hand frickin' written. Nice. Why? I don't know, because I was weird. <laughs> um, and also, while I was writing this, I realized that Sisyphus' story is much, much longer than expected. So, like, okay, so where where, where would you start with the story of Sisyphus? Where, what do you know of it? Anything? Nothing. Okay. I know that he dies, and then he's not dead because he tricked people. And then he yeah. nearly dies again, but then he tricked people. <laughs> and then that kind of keeps happening for a little while. Yeah. So Sisyphus was quite a trickster. Uh, um, and he wasn't a great person. So that's the thing. That a lot of people are like, like, people will look at some of the myths and be like, wow, Sisyphus is sort of cool. Like, wow, his like punishment was sort of unjust. But you got to look at the whole myth because he was a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> Was he a murderer or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he also like uh, slept with his, or he 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 uh, married his niece. So yeah, I'm gonna start with that story. So prepared. <laughs> hey. Could you skip? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
never. You gotta start with the darkest stuff. <laughs> so, Sisyphus, king of Corneth, as he was later known. But from the beginning, Sisyphus was no good. One of the fo- one of four one of four brothers, Sisyphus and his other brother Salmonius, hated each other like purest hatred to ever exist at that moment. Like Greek history is a short thing at the time Sisyphus exists. He and his brother hate each other the most out of everybody who has ever existed. They hate each other <laughs> so much. I'm so, getting a feeling they don't like each other. Yeah, they don't really like each other. How did you get that? Um, <laughs> so, rivals from the crib. Eventually, Sisyphus ruled over Ephyria, later Corneth, and Salmonius ruled over Elias. And their kingdoms were, like, on opposite ends of, like, a, of, like, so, like, here's one, here's another, and then there's a, uh, um, water between. So, there's the Peloponnesian, there's, there's the Peloponnesian, Peloponnesians between them. If you look okay, we'll go with map. water, that makes more sense. There's water, yeah. <laughs> there's water. That's why I said water. <laughs> Um, but basically they just glared at each other for years and building their kingdom, but still hating each other from across the seas. Ugh, I swore an enemy across the sea. Sisyphus and Salonius. So Sisyphus wanted to kill Salonius, or Salmonius so bad he could not sleep. He was losing sleep. Not good. So he... Like, it, like, it's so bad. He wanted to stab him so bad. He started stabbing himself in the thigh. He stabbed himself in the thigh multiple times. Multiple times. To get the frustration of not being able to kill his brother out. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Nice. Uh, <laughs> eventually, after, like, patching up his thigh, he went and visited the Oracle of Delphi. <laughs> He went and visited her, and he was just like, Hey, lady, I really want to kill my brother, Salmonius. How do I kill him? And she was like, well, um, what did she say? <laughs> she, the oracle said that the sons of Sisyphus and Tyro will rise and kill Salmonius. Alright, so Sisyphus is like, Alright, now I just need to marry a girl named Tyro. And you know what? I know someone named Tyro. It happens to be Salmonius's daughter. <laughs> so, doesn't it's not even hard for him to marry her. All he does is sort of give her some jewels and some, like, a puppy dog and a camel and stuff like that. And it's just like, I love you. Will you marry me? My, ne- my, ne- my wonderful niece? And, uh... She was just like, you're rich, and you're across that ocean away from my dad. Sure. Because, I, I don't know, I feel like Salmonius was probably a very bitter man, so she probably didn't want to be with him anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Opinions. Um, <laughs> years pass, so they're married. Hurrah. They have babies. Wonderful. Two bouncing baby sons. Wonderful. Lovely. Haha. Happy. Or is it? One day, Sisyphus and his friend Melops went fishing, and they end up talking 
as one does. And Melox asked Sisyphus, why? Why, 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 why? He would marry the daughter of his brother, who he hates so very much. And Sisyphus tells him, oh, I only married that girl because I hated Sol Salmonius's so much. That's the only reason. And meanwhile, at the same time, so M M Sisyphus starts telling the Melops the reasons why he married Tyro. M Tyro is coming down to the riverbank to meet Sisyphus with her sons and a nurse for a wonderful picnic with Daddy. And guess what? Tyro overhears Daddy telling her, his BFF how much he hates his wife and how his children will grow up to kill their grandfather. Now, Tyro didn't like this. And Shocker. now, hold on to your pants, because this gets little nuts. Um, okay. I'm holding on! I'm holding on! <laughs> hold, hold on tight, friends. Uh, Tyro <laughs> no longer loves Sisyphus after this. She heard that, and she was like, you know what, I don't like him. And, uh, and she would not allow her sons to grow up to become manipulated by their father in order to kill their grandfather, her father, because she didn't want that. So Tyro took the hand, yeah, Tyro took the hand of her eldest child, leave, leaving the youngest with the nurse, and said, like, let's go over by the stream. Can you see any little fishies? Oh, no. Yeah, can you see where it's going? Uh, as her son knelt on the riverbank, Tyro put her hand on his neck and held him under. When he stopped struggling, he, she turned to the youngest, or took the youngest from the traumatized nurse and did the same. Then she turned to the nurse and was like, Alright, you got one more thing that you have to do. So after a good day of fishing, Sisyphus and Melops were turning in and were like, Yeah, we got some fish. It's weird that my kids never showed up for that picnic that we had scheduled. And, uh, then Tyra's maid appears above the hill. Oh my god, what's over there? And she's all like, hey, the queen wants you to meet your sons there on the riverbank behind that willow tree. And then she just, like, pieces out. She, like, runs away, never to be seen again, because she knows what's gonna happen, and she's just like, I don't need to be here for this! And, and, and so, uh, Sisyphus follows the maid's instructions and finds the lifeless bodies of his sons laid out on the riverbank. Hooray! Uh, the man ra- the maid raid- <laughs> wait, what? The maid ran. Uh, Tyro ran as well. She went back to her, uh, father, who then, like, just very quickly, quickly married her to a different brother- uh, and she, she was not happy for the rest of her life, um, because... Wow, I wonder why. She, she killed her sons. Uh, and then, uh, Salmonius himself, because he, obviously he was not killed by his grandsons, uh, he, so, he, but he didn't really have a very happy life. He set himself as a kind of god in his own little kingdom, uh, claiming to be equal to Zeus, uh, and, like, start, like, pow like, summoning storms. And that doesn't go well. And he, he doesn't stand up to one of Zeus's lightning bolts. And he dies. And Sisyphus had just caught the eye of the gods. But more of a sympathetic eye this time. So that's good for him. 
Um, and then, and then the story continues on. He keeps he keeps surf catching the eyes of the gods, which is not really good. Um, so once upon a time, Sisyphus has some cattle. Uh, and then all of his neighbors have cattle, cows. Uh, cows has a big business. But then someone started to steal them. Slowly, over time. So some started disappearing. But then, like, he noticed that, like, Sisyphus had a hunch that it was his neighbor, Autocleus, who was the son of Hermes. Uh, and he decided to catch him in the act. So he commanded everybody who was not Autocleus to carve the words, Autocleus stole me on the hoofs of the cows, in really tiny letters. And then time went on, and local herds kept diminishing, and Autocleus's herds kept growing. And finally, uh, eventually, Sisyphus was like, it is time to catch him in the act. And he went over for an inspection of the cattle. And... He looked at, he went over there and he was just like, hey, Autoclus, I'm going to look at your cows. And Autoclus was like, cool, go right ahead. And Sisyphus looked at one cow's foot and it said, Autoclus stole me. And he, Sisyphus was like, Autoclus, you've been caught. And Autoclus was like, man, you caught me. And Sisyphus was like, I'm going to take all your cows. And Autoclus was like, well, that seems fair. And Sisyphus was like, and when I say cows, I mean your wife. And then he raped his wife. Uh, <laughs> her name was Amph Amphithea. Um, and, and by raping her, he put a nice big question mark in the parentage of a line that would eventually lead to Odysseus. So, is wow. Sisyphus the great, 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 great whatever of Odysseus? Maybe. Um... <laughs> <laughs> wow this yeah. is a mess <laughs> yeah yeah we're not even we're just so we haven't even reached his death yet <laughs> no no not even his first death um <laughs> um so enter the eagle uh, So after outsmarting a child of Hermes, Sisyphus started to truly believe that he was the cleverest man alive. Uh, and he sort of set himself up as a royal problem solver, sort of like if someone else in the area had an issue, they would come to Sisyphus and he'd be like, I know better than everybody. <laughs> um, and Zeus at this time was stirring up some problems, as Zeus does. So... There, so Zeus uh, had like been flying over a river area, and he had spotted a beautiful daughter of a river god. Uh, her name was Gina, and he he was in a form of an eagle. <laughs> so he just swooped down and grabbed her and kept flying. Uh, the river god searched for his daughter and was very angry that Zeus had taken her. So he was like, "I need to find her." I'm gonna find her. And he started asking everybody, where, have you seen an eagle carrying around a girl in a goatskin dress? Uh, and well, he ended up asking Sisyphus, and Sisyphus was like, well, why, I have. It went like, right that way. Right that way. That way, that's it. that eagle went. And the 
River God was like, cool, cool, cool. Thank you so much. That's my daughter. And he followed after. But then when he was like really close to getting to where his daughter was, Zeus saw him and was just like, ew, the dad. And he struck him with lightning and yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, hmm. but Sisyphus doing it it being the uh, tattletale sort of put himself once again on Zeus's naughty list. So Zeus had once already already been like, I don't like that guy. And now has already been, has firmly been, yeah, I don't like that guy. All he needs to do is one more strike. Okay. So, chaining of Thanatos. <laughs> Sisyphus continued to rule Corneth, taking advantage of travelers over taxing, raping women, and overall not being a cool guy. And so, Zeus had finally had enough. He was just like, you know what? Your kids were killed by your wife. That was sad. Was it your fault? A little. Second, you told, you told my girlfriend's dad where I was. Not cool, bro. Third, you're raping a lot of women, you're overtaxing your people, you're being an overall not cool dude. It's time to die. So, he th- <laughs> so Thanatos was sent to shackle Sisyphus and escort him to the underworld. Now, when Thanatos went to- was sent to chain Sisyphus, uh, he must have been a little tired because, boy, was he easy to trick. Uh... All Sisyphus had to do was ask him to, for a little d- demonstration of how these chains worked, uh, and then uh, Thanatos sort of chained himself, and Sisyphus just locked the key and ran away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so thus, death is de- uh, death is chained, and no one's dying, including Sisyphus. So yay! Um, but no, because. When when dying oh, no. stopped, uh, Ares was the first to notice because it seems war isn't fun when dying doesn't happen. Uh, so <laughs> so he uh, Ares started started the whole like complaining to the Olympian gods like, "Hey guys, no one's dying. I want to kill people." And like all these other people were sort of like, "If it, like, some people, or some gods were like, yeah, dying sucks." And some people were like, everyone needs to die. So they had to find Thanatos. That was the thing. And eventually someone put two and two together that Thanatos went missing after visiting Sisyphus. So someone went to visit Sisyphus. (laughs) And what did they find in Sisyphus's closet? Thanatos chained in a closet. So So, taking Thanatos out of the closet was very good, and they then that was utterly humiliated. Thanatos was really pissed, and he really wanted to get the job done. So he chained Sisyphus with a vengeance and dragged him down to the roll. But before story, (laughs) we're not even punished yet. Okay, but. So, Sisyphus always knew. (laughs) Sisyphus always knew that death was eventually going to be unchained. So, he had told his wife, because he had gotten remarried after his first wife had killed all of his kids, um, he, he told his wife that when he did die, you had to not give him a nice burial and just throw him out the window into the river and treat him like trash. 
Sorry, that was and, <laughs> You're fine. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah. Alive? <laughs> yes, I'm alive in here. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Sisyphus told his wife, when he dies, treat him like trash, throw him in the river, forget about me. Um, and so once, once Thanatos was unchained and Sisyphus truly did die, uh, that's what she did. She threw him in the river, did not give him a proper ceremony, and he was dead. Or was he? Uh, so... <laughs> So once he was in, so once he was in the underworld, he was just like, ah ha ha, um, step two of my plan shall go in now, uh, and he marched straight up to Persephone, and he was like complaining that his wife had done him wrong. Persephone, please, 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 send me back to the land of the living so I can haunt the hell out of my wife who just threw me into the river instead of giving me a proper ceremony. How rude. And Persephone was like, how dare she? That's so bad. Go and haunt her. That would be funny. And so he left. <laughs> and he did not come back. Because he was living it up. In the overworld. In the land of the living. With his wife. Because... He could, because Persephone just sent him back to the land of the living. Um, yeah, eventually he was found out. Well, no, actually, he wasn't found out. He died of old age. That's how long he was there. He, he went back, he died, he came back to life. He lived until he died again. And then, then he got punished. And when he got punished, <laughs> his punishment was to push a rock up a hill forever. But, the thing is, not a lot of people know this, but if he succeeds, well, people know this, but whatever. If he succeeds in pushing the rock over the hill, do you know what he gets? He gets immortality! What he always wanted. He didn't want to die anyway, so they were just like, you know what's great? We're going to give him this impossible task with the best prize at the end, but he will never be able to achieve it. So... That wasn't that nice. Uh, the punishment of Sisyphus is so cruel because the gods gave him him the slightest hope of immortality. What he's always wanted. Pushing a rock up a hill for eternity. Perhaps one day the rock will roll over the top of the hill and Sisyphus will be welcome into Olympus as a secondary tri trickster god. But until then, he's just pushing that freaking rock. So, it's pretty happy, 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 happy. Yeah. Not a long story at all, is it? Huh? <laughs> I'd rather just died. I know, right? Can you guys hear me? Death is easier. Less <laughs> <laughs> conversations with I don't know dead deities. Um. All right, are you ready for a no? Uh, um, a deity of death, Melano. Sure. Okay, cool. Because that's what we're talking about. Melano is a creature of your nightmares. Well, I shouldn't say she's a creature because she is a goddess. She is a goddess of ghosts. Uh, she is the one who appeases the angry spirits. Uh, the one that, like, if so if a ghost still has something to say, she's the one that they say it to, and she's the one who's sort of just like, you know what, I don't think that's important enough to for you to actually go up and haunt your neighbor for stealing their spoons. Um... No, that's not a good reason. <laughs> that's her job. 
But so she wander or at night she wanders the earth uh, with her train of ghosts uh, because she does like choose a few ghosts to come up to the upper world and haunt some people. Um, some of the ghosts may need to say, hello, I love you, kid. And then others will be like, hello, you murdered me, kid, and I shall haunt you for that. Um, the name Melanie, or Melano, sorry, uh, means either dark-minded or propitate, oh my god, propitation-minded, propitation-minded? I don't know. I looked up that the meaning of that word so many times, and guess what? In the definition of propitation, they use the word propitate. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm pretty sure it just means to make deals with. So, yeah, it's not. It's just a fancy world word for deals. Uh, the word melia was used to describe the proprietary offerings made to the ghost, but or made to the ghost of the dead. So, hurrah. Um, <laughs> then there are also some stories that Melano is actually just uh, Hecate in disguise. So, hmm? but weird. I don't know. I don't know, and especially since I don't think that's what Rick's in Rick's pantheon of the gods. Melano is her own thing. All right, are you ready for the Carries? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So the Carries are the female spirits uh, of violent or cruel death, meaning death in battle, bloody accident, murder, or ravaging disease. Uh, they were agents of the Mori, or the Fates, uh, and Doom, Moros. Uh, the Carries crave blood and would feast upon it after ripping a soul free from the mortally wounded and sending it on its way to Hades. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the Carries do not have absolute power over the life of people they feast on. So, like, if you're wounded in battle... That does not guarantee a carrier is going to come up and rip your soul out. It's not going to happen necessarily. You might have a god come in and uh, in the way. You might be able to fight off the carry. I don't know what your jam is, but there is hope. <laughs> um, <laughs> you might not die. You might not, but they will enjoy it if you do. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> So, the carries were also sometimes considered personification of epidemic diseases. Um, so, like, diseases that would, like, make you bleed from the eyes. Basically, anything with blood involved, carries are involved. Um, yeah. Yeah, isn't it delicious? Um, but it does, it reminds me of, uh, uh... <laughs> <Stranger> choice. <laughs> Well, they do eat, eat, they, they eat the blood, so that's lovely. Um, it reminds me of the Valkyries, though, in Norse mythology, just being, like, they're, um, they're, they're, they, they, oh my god, what's it, what's, what's the word I'm thinking of? They're, they're escorts of the dead. They're there for the battle oh. during during a, a violent death, the Valkyrie will show up and be like, hey, we're gonna take you to Asgard. Isn't that great? Um, 
we're very nice about it, sort of. And then the Kiris come in and they're like, you're dying a die. Go to hell. <laughs> it's a very thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kiris, interesting, fun, dark, bloody. Uh, Iapetus. Uh, <laughs> we talked about him a little bit in episode 18 uh, when we talked about the Titan's Curse, chapters 15 through 16. Uh, and I looked that up, and that's 16 is the when. Um, 16 at the end of that is when uh, Zoe gets injured. So, if that gives you context. I don't really know why Euapetus came up, but did. Yeah, it's um, I don't remember talking about him at all. Yeah, I think we talked about him probably when we were talking about the other Titans. You may be talking about him because he was the f- he's the father of Atlas. There we go. And Atlas that might have been the it. one fighting Zoe. So that's possibly Yeah, one. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. Well, just overview, I guess, then, because we talked about him a little bit. Iapetus is, is a titan, uh, son of Oranus and Gaius. Gaia, uh, he, uh, <laughs> his name comes from the Greek word meaning to pierce, uh, usually with a spear, uh, that's why he's all scary in, uh, what, 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 so- sort of Hades and stuff, he had a, has a spear and stuff, um, but then there's also theories that, ti- uh, yeah, because we don't know a lot about the Titans, um, and what they might have actually represented, so, there's a lot of theories that uh, Iapetus could have been the titan god of, like, craftsmanship. So, like, like a needle and thread. And he's, like, he's stabbing, like, with his needle. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but then it. there's other stories, yeah. And then there's other sources that call him the god of mortality. So, stabbing with the spear. And it would also explain why he would be the... Uh, Titan ruler of the underworld. Makes sense. That's yeah. Cool. And now the river Lethe. Uh, so, look, you're going to forget forget yourself when you take a bath in it. So, what's more to say? Uh, you're just going to forget it. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> um, Lethe, uh, if you really want to know. Uh, was the daughter of Eris, uh, or, or Strife. We heard about her and her apple. Uh, uh, and all, and she, er, Lethe is also the personification of Oblivion. So, yeah. That would be a nice thing. Like, you're growing up and you're like, you know, you're going to grow up to be Oblivion. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> It was thought that the newly newly dead souls would drink from the river Lethe in order to move, lose all memory of their past. Uh, so, um, you had to be like in the know of the religion in order to know to go to the river hmm, Nemosni, Menesni. I don't know. It's ne- it's the river of memory. It's spelled M N E M O S Y N E. Uh, yeah, that's where you go. Don't go to Lethe. Go to Nemosini. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> now you know. Alright, are you ready for Oh My God? Oh My God! <gasps> yes, cool! Please. So this is also on handwritten notes a little bit. Just a little bit. 
not as much as the other one because it's not <laughs> it's not as much. Um, so the golden deer of Artemis that we see for literally maybe two sentences, also known as the Cyrenian hind or Artemis's sacred deer or a doe or a deer doe doe hind, whatever. Third labor of Hercules, so we're back on that boy. Um, <laughs> so, third labor of Hercules. Hercules has just killed the Hydra, and don't forget about that giant crab he killed too, because giant crab. Uh, and he has just returned to his taskmaster, master Eurythius, king of Mycenae, and cousin of Hercules, who ordered Hercules to bring him the golden hind of Serenia. The hind, or doe, uh, is a golden-horned, brass-footed, and by Rick's own description, all-around golden. Uh, it did no harm to anyone, uh, and it, she is faster than any hound or arrow, and presented a true challenge to any hunter. But no danger. So why would Eurythius send Hercules to go get something that won't kill him? Well, because this hind happens to be sacred to Artemis, and Artemis doesn't like it when you mess with her stuff. Uh, so, <laughs> so, for almost a year, Hercules hunted the deer. Eventually, he succeeded in netting it. So, yay? Um, and subduing the animal. He didn't want to hurt such a beautiful creature, so he just slung it over his shoulder and was, like, whispering sweet nothings into its ear, like, Hey, hey, be cool. Like, I'm just gonna take you to see a friend. Just chill on my shoulders for a while. Like, love you. You're so pretty. Taylor Swift and all that. Yeah, yeah. He's being really nice to this deer. Um, and he starts on his way, walking back to Mycenae. But as he passed through some woods, Artemis emerged from the tree, bow, silver bow drawn and arrow pointed at Hercules. You dare take my deer from me? <laughs> Ugh, she was pissed. Let's just say that. Hercules dropped to one me immediately was like, oh god, no. And he immediately starts begging for mercy. And Artemis does not know the meaning of the word mercy. And he, so she is taking aim. She's about to kill him and enter Apollo. Apollo's oh like, whoa, 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 sis. You know who this guy is? And she's just like, I don't really care. And he's like, he's our half-brother. He's Zeus's boy. And she's just like, well, that can be an awkward conversation with dad, but I'm still gonna kill him. And he's just like, but, but no. And Hercules finally pipes up and he's just like, but I'm only doing this because Hera told me to. And that is what gives Artemis pause. Because Hercules is bound to Eurythius, and he commanded Hercules to kill, or no, not kill, to take the deer. And it is Hera's will that Hercules obeys Eurythius, 
So, if Hercules doesn't do it, he's pissing off Hera. If uh, Artemis stops Hercules from completing this task, she's pissing off Hera. No one wants to piss off Hera. So, Artemis (laughs) lets Hercules go after some thought. Uh, and she's just like, but you, you can go, but once you show my, my hind to the court of Mycenae, (laughs) uh, she must be returned to the wild. And Hercules thanked her for the, such generosity and beauty and whatever, and the complimenting her beauty didn't go very far, and he sort of had to run out. And, and, <laughs> and so Hercules brought the hind to the court and presented it to the king, having been calm all this way with all the sweet nothings. Just as Eurytheus approached, Hercules gave the hind a little pinch on the hiney. <laughs> and uh, Eurytheus tried to grab him from Herc. But just as she, like, jumps up, so, like, the hind starts to jump, Eurythys starts to greech, the hind jumps away, the hind goes away, the hind keeps going, the hind's out of the court, the hind's gone, (laughs) Eurythys is sad. (laughs) And at first, Eurythys is like, Hercules, you failed in your task, like, what the hell, like, I don't have this hind, obviously. And, uh... Hercules is like, man, I brought you the hind. It's not my fault that you can't hold on to it. So, Hercules wins, uh, and he went on to his next task. So, the never-ending story of Hercules. Um, yeah. So, right. do we really need to talk about Persephone again? I don't really think so, but, like, the only thing is, like, we all know the myth of Persephone. Um, it's just that some of the myths are darker so, some myths say that she was just, like, ended up and accidentally ended up in her Hades. Others say she was kidnapped by Hades violently uh, and raped. Um, others say that her father put her down there and then Hades raped her. And then others say, there's, there's a lot of dark versions of Persephone. Um. <laughs> yeah. I like the version where she chose to do it and became like a badass queen of the underworld. I know. Yeah. It's, much it's a much better story. story. <laughs> mm. It makes sense considering Yikes. they're the only couple who, you know, kind of last really more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only couple that the male, the god part of it doesn't just have a million children with a million different people. Yeah. I think he has, like, has Nico. two affairs. Um, in, the, yeah. in the mythology itself, like he has two, but nothing yeah, really happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One he does kidnap; the other just doesn't really happen because Persephone finds them and kills her. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think she turns into a flower, but that's basically the same thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much terrible. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Are you ready for quest queries? Yes. Cool. So who would you rather face? Phobos or Demios? Phobos. Fear or panic? Fear? Fear. Yeah, fear. Mm -hmm. Fear, Panic's a lot harder to deal with. Yeah. 
but yeah. Mm. For sure. <laughs> I had a I had a cousin ask me how to deal with panic attacks, and I was just like, "Oh, oh, sweetheart, stop!" <laughs> I'm so sorry um, you're dealing with this. Why are you telling me? <laughs> Do you think demigods keep in contact with each other outside of camp? Like, cl- would Clarice ever have a chance to meet an older child of Ares that got the chariot? Or do they have demi mentors? Yeah, sure. I like that idea. Mm, yeah, I like it too. I don't know so how it would work. Yeah, like what you're gonna say. I don't know how it'd work because there's no like proper communication. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but it'd be it's a nice idea, definitely. But it probably won't yeah. be for like some of the kids who are year rounders. So like it'd probably only be an Aphrodite child or a Hermes child, like yeah. Ares and like Athena and stuff. Most of their kids can't really live out in the mm-hmm. in the real world. Um, without <laughs> danger at every corner, um, so that those kids probably won't have many mentors, I'd guess. Yeah, I, yeah, it's probably more the child, like the kids of the more or less powerful gods. So like, yeah, yeah, there's probably like a whole welcoming party for a child of Aphrodite into Hollywood or something. Like, oh, you're coming oh for God. a visit? Like, <laughs> they could write letters to each other and send Iris messages. Yeah, mm, that's true. Imagine, like, an Aphrodite kid who's, like, in Hollywood, like an actress, contacting another Aphrodite child who's trying to get into the industry through an Iris message and offering, like, <laughs> casting tips and stuff. That is so cute. I want it now. Imagine if it was Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie is a daughter of Aphrodite, and then she contacts yes. him, and then that kid's just like, you're a demigod? <laughs> and just well, and doesn't Angelina, aren't all of her kids adopted? So what if she just adopts other... Like lonely child of Afri- abandoned child of Aphrodite. <laughs> oh, I like that. I don't I think like everyone's. And uh, yeah, no, I think there's maybe. I think she's had two biological children. I think, or one, one or two. Yeah, I don't know. I know, I know I quite know. a bit, which is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so uh, cute. Yeah, they're all they're all children of gods that she's adopted. Yeah, That'd be cute. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the I like idea that. of a demigod mentor, or as I wrote, yeah. a demi mentor. <laughs> um, would be helpful. It would be. It would be like I feel like there would be a lot less uh, demigod deaths if uh, they actually had a community. Uh, <laughs> so in Tale of Two Cities, Percy is writing an essay essay on Tale of Two Cities, which he has never read. So I'm I'm sure none of us have ever written essays on books that we've never read. Oh, but no. just just in case that might have happened, what would that book have been? Most of my university texts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the I one you like... read in history, Quinn? In the Middle Eastern history class that we took, and we read the one. <sighs> Oh, the one we didn't read? <laughs> I don't I think I read, read any of those books in the, that class. I skipped. Yeah, I read, like, I read, like, literally the first chapter and didn't read the rest of it, and I still passed the class. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I think the one in high school that I fully remember just, like, not reading but fully passing the test was um, Kitchen God's Wife by Amy Tam. Tam? Oh. I don't know. It's a yeah. by the lady who wrote Joy Luck Club. 
and it was very it was very very depressing and i read a chapter and like five people got raped and i was just like you know what i'm done and i said i i didn't read the rest of it (laughs) and i passed i didn't read that it's fine um wait what was i gonna say oh Oh, uh, no, I was just saying that that sounds terrible. We, we would not have been allowed any of those books in any of our schools. <laughs> stuff like that at all. So I was like, that was that like high school? Was that like university? Yeah, that was high school. I think that was more of a um, a book that my perf- my teacher liked and was like, oh, this will be a fun, like more enjoyable modern literature that people kids can read. And it was just like, no (laughs) can we read a different book by her like (laughs) yeah what are these schools (laughs) (laughs) we would have been oh sorry karen no i was just gonna say that like apparently our school is one of the best in like our area (laughs) yeah okay isn't that a nice sign Oh my god. I think if we'd had a teacher give us a book that like featured that content at school, they would have been fired if they found out like if the, the kids reported it, they would have been fired for something like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. British Ironically considering reality. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we just, just like... read it and went, Are we supposed to be reading this? I just we we won't talk about this outside of the class. Like <laughs> Yeah. I think the only reason it would be, like, found out at us is because we had to do, like, the reading aloud of, like, most of our books at some point. Oh, so, yeah. Like, if it had that content, kind of can't read that. Aloud. Yeah, we at didn't do point. read, like, we didn't, I think the only thing we would read aloud would be, like, plays. So we did, like, read alouds of, like, all the Shakespeare stuff, which was mm. fun. Um, yeah, that's our bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I blame you specifically. <laughs> all right. Is Hercules clever? No. (laughs) (laughs) You wrote that question, didn't you? (laughs) No, I wrote that question. The answer is no. But I had, like, a sneaking suspicion while, like, writing whatever the, oh my god, the Artemis thing. And it was like, oh, he pinched the deer instead of killed it. He's so smart. That's one positive. (laughs) He made one good choice. Yay! <laughs> Hurrah! He's You're so not smart. as much of a, of a bad guy as we thought. You're still a bad guy, but you get tiny, tiny, tiny little bit better. Yeah. But you're still a horrific human being. <laughs> yes. No. Hercules is a terrible person. Um, what do you think of Hades and Persephone's relationship? We talked about this a little bit, but like. Do you think Persephone loves Hades in Rick's world? No. no. I hate it. Yeah, I don't you think hate that he doesn't love her? Or he, do- he does seem very abusive. Yeah, especially in the story that we got as well, like where he basically threatens her in front of these kids. I'm like... Yeah. And she refers to him as her master, and you are not in love with someone who's your master. No. no. It's so uncomfortable. Please, really can we is. have one healthy relationship in the gods for the <laughs> lover gods? 
Like, she just seems so miserable. Like, it's just, like, her dress, like, the way that uh, her dress is just described, it's just like, oh, it once was a colorful thing, but the underworld has, like, zapped the life out of it. Yeah. She's like a faded photograph of spring. It's like... And people in, on line. Instagram and stuff are always like, oh, Persephone is so happy in the underworld. And I'm like, no, she's not. She doesn't no. want to be there. No, I think that's that, more but... modern retellings of the myth do sort of... They, they want to tell a happy version of the story. And mm. I do think it's interesting that Rick doesn't do that. Because I think that yeah. would be a lot easier to yeah. be like... Hey, everyone thinks that Persephone and Hades are a happy couple. Well, I'm going to write them as a happy couple. But instead, he writes them as a miserable couple. <laughs> yeah. It was strange, though, because I know when we were initially introduced to them, like, obviously, he's got Persephone and Demeter bickering next to him and stuff like that. And it feels like sort of like the... Oh, I can't think of an example. I was going to say the Brady Bunch, but I don't actually know anything about the Brady Bunch. So that doesn't <laughs> Brady help. Bunch is very ideal family. <laughs> okay, so that's not what I mean. Then. But they're like they're like a a normal family. Like you've got the helicopter mum, you've got the wife who is trying to deal with the helicopter mother, and then the husband is like, why, why? <laughs> that's just his existence. So it felt so kind of cute and funny, and then you see everything else and like, well. I was misled <laughs> that this yeah. was going to be sweet and in some form at least. But no, every relationship in this series, except for Sally and Paul and Percy and Annabeth, is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. No one has any happiness. No, <laughs> happiness is not allowed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh. Last question. What is one question that you would ask all the characters interviewed in Demigod Files or one good question for one of the characters interviewed? Oh. One question. Well, one question for all. Oh, oh, for one. Um probably to do the one that we were mentioning earlier to do with um finding out about Percy's feelings for Annabeth in terms of a sort of yeah. reverse question. Yeah. I do the whole reverse Uno card basically with the seaweed brain <laughs> question. Yeah. And ask him, how does he feel about Annabeth calling him seaweed brain? And how does it make him feel? And that would yeah. be the question I'd ask him. <laughs> yeah, Just I would do fun. that too. <laughs> yeah. Just to make an even situation. Yeah, I had a question in mind when I wrote out this question, and of course now I can't think of it. <laughs> um, I would ask them how they feel about mortals, how they feel about their mortal family, and if they're doing okay yeah. mental health wise. <laughs> And if they yes. need a new teacher other than Chiron. <laughs> yes. The answer to that one is yes. That's a default, yes. <laughs> ah! Oh. <laughs> All right. So, that is the end of this very long recording. <laughs> <laughs> We've been sitting here for three and a half hours, so please, for the love of God, Fran, tell us where you can find you on the internet. <laughs> Okay, um, so you guys can find my own Percy Jackson read-along analysis podcast at the Best Damn Camp on all podcast service 
things. You can find me on social media for it at Best Damn Camp on Instagram and Twitter. And for extra Percy Jackson content, I have a YouTube channel called A Healthy Dose of Fran with sun with videos out every Sunday. So subscribe because this is a demand. This is not a request. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And as you know, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Floor underscore 600, Tumblr at Floor 600 Podcast, but Quinn, I don't think ever updates it. Email us Not or really. feel famous with us at Floor 600 at Podcast at gmail.com. Help us improve this podcast. <laughs> and as always, rate, review, subscribe, and thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>